Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, all sorts of good things. Joining me over here on this Friday, congratulations to make it the end of another week, guys. Writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing? John, I am elated with just, we, we have been bequeathed an awesome cornucopia of great entertainment. Whether it's Stranger Things, whether it's The Boys, whether it's For All Mankind, whether it's it's Minions. I mean, there's so much to watch this weekend. I, I don't even know going into this long Fourth of July weekend. I eat barbecue or sitting in front of the TV. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like you got to decide what you're going to do with your time right now because there's so much good stuff out. Speaking of good stuff being out. Ray Ora left the house, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Ray Ora is joining you guys in the live chat hey, today. Ray, how you doing? A lot of people are saying happy Canada Day. That's right. Is that really today? It's really today, July wow. the 1st. Wow. It is a great day, day for Canada and therefore the world. <laughs> how do you celebrate Canada Day? Do you have barbecues? A lot of fireworks, too? barbecues, stuff like that. Yeah, it's basically 4th of July. Do you sing Oh Canada? Uh, well, yeah, probably. You know, depending <laughs> on where you go to watch. like the, um, you know, If you go to the capital in Ottawa... They do a big festival there every year. Beautiful light show, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, I haven't attended one in a while, but happy Canada Day to Ryan Gosling and Celine Dion and Ryan Reynolds and all the other. William Shatner. William Shatner. All the great Canadians out there. Also joining us, of course, today, running the show, producer Jonathan Boyko. Jonathan, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Actually, I'm doing very good. I secured my Thor tickets. Nice. uh, For the 11th. And I also secured... For the family, uh, John Williams tickets for the Ooh. Sunday show. I'm oh, and well done. You everything. You're gonna have a <laughs> you're gonna have a very good time. Anyway, guys, we hope you're gonna have a good time joining us here today, watching the show. Here's how today's show is gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna break it down into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're gonna talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're gonna take your live comments and questions. Now, if you'd like to get a live comment or question on the show, number one, you gotta be watching live. Number two, once we get to the end of our main topics, we're going to announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And once we do, you'll have a couple of minutes to throw yours in, and we'll read those off in the second half of the show. Also, some housekeeping. If you need your daily fix of the John Campion Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, good news, there's an audio-only version that we creatively call the John Campion Show Podcast. Just go on to your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for today, and subscribe to it so it'll be there when you need it. Also, we have a secondary podcast feed that's just for our mailbag show, so go ahead and subscribe to that as well. Okay, guys. By the way, just a heads up. I am suffering from, like, my annual cough. It lasts about a month and a half. I've already had it for a couple of weeks. I'm going to have it for a few weeks more. So forgive me for having halls in my mouth as we're doing the show and everything. I will, I'll get over this as fast as I can. All right, guys, before we get to our main topics here today, let's do one off the top. Mm. And that is this last night, the second final episode of the season, which sucks that this season's almost over episode seven of the boys dropped last night. Where do you go? After hero gasm. Like, like well, what, what can you do? You know what you do if you're the boys? <laughs> you continue layering great story and deepen already great characters. Now, we won't go into any big spoilers here. I will be doing an open spoiler discussion just so you guys know of the boys 
episode seven a little bit later this afternoon. I'll, we'll, we'll post a time a little bit later. Keep your guys' eyes open. But in a non-spoiler way, Rob, this episode was such, what's a good phrase for it? A good chaser. Yes. It was a great chaser. That's exactly what it is. Coming out of hero gasm. You know what I mean? Because what they decided to do is let's double down now on character. And the good chunk of this episode was focused on Billy Butcher's background and basically connecting some threads that have been kind of littered since episode one of season one, all the way up to here. Like they never went anywhere. We didn't find out what, what's, who's Lenny. You know, back in the other season, when dad mentions Lenny was your fault, and we, well, but clearly Lenny was, well, what happened? You know, stuff about his dad. Why does he hate his dad so much? What was it, the stuff with his mom and all that kind of, and this episode, they decided to lay it all out in front of us. And it was powerful and moving. And again, we won't go into details about it. And I'll say this, Soldier Boy has been a triumph this entire season. The Final moments of this episode, the cliffhanger of this episode, if you will, the reveal of this episode, if you will. I'm just like, how did I not see that coming? Like my, my jaw dropped and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, the best Black Noir episode as well. Like how great was the Black Noir <laughs> stuff? Anyway, I this episode was unbelievable. This is one of the best shows on television right now. Absolutely incredible stuff. Rob, you had a chance to watch The Boys Episode 7. What did you think of the episode? John, you know, my litmus test for great television, great movies, is all, it always comes down to the writing. This, this season of The Boys, Eric Kripke and his mad scientists that are writing this show have created not just a, a, an incredible overall story, incredible character moments, a great use of their ensemble. Yeah. But... They have kept us on our toes. I mean, they have talked about subverting expectations, but without, without going, look, we're going to subvert your expectations. They're just taking the story in interesting directions that you wouldn't, like you mentioned, Black Noir. Yeah. Honestly, John, between, between this, the, I watched The Boys and then I watched For All Mankind this morning. I, I, that Black Noir stuff, I, I was like, What? Like, yeah. like you, you yeah. can't, don't let anyone tell you, you just have to let it flow over you. Let I was, it happen. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, because, and then, like you said, it's all character, character, character. You think you know these people? Nope. And then it just, <laughs> I mean, this, this entire episode, I, I mean, it was fascinating to watch the character. Just, just, I wanted to see a little bit of Starlight and Homelander. That's, I'm like, I hope they give me a little bit of that. Oh, they did. And the episode started that way. Yeah. And then it just took off. And I, I mean, I felt myself leaning forward into the episode as it just went along. I was completely captivated. And who would have thought, like you said, it's a chaser, but it's a very stiff chaser. Oh, it gives you yeah. and how they give you character moments across the board. I mean, you had mentioned earlier we came in. How about that moment with the deep? Okay. That, that moment with the deep. Bro. <laughs> That moment with the deep, because what 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 couple out there have not had sort of that conversation, but not going in that direction that that went. And again, we're not going to give any details, but oh, my God, I was almost I almost fell off the sofa. I was laughing so hard. Uh, uh, <laughs> I literally had stopped and I had to go back and go, wait, what did he just what say is going on here? Was... And by the way, you mentioned Homelander. I don't know how they do this. Every episode, I feel like. You can't have Homelander sink any lower. 
or B, say uh, something more horrible. And then every episode, including this one, they find a way. You know, he's and it comes to this, uh, the one thing I'll think. He has a conversation with Maeve. Yeah. And he says something that, again, every single episode he says something, I go, that's as low as you can go. And then he comes up with something else to be even more terrifying and horrible and awful all at the same time. And it's just, it's mind-blowing how they do this. That was also, but you know what I loved? Like you said, that scene. But also, Maeve, I love the fact that we're seeing characters standing up to Homelander. There's no more... People are no longer cower. They're, they're no longer cowering down. They're like they're getting into his face, and, and and he's rising to the occasion. But still, man, like you said, that again, my jaw hit the floor in that scene. I was like, oh. <laughs> and it, it just leaves me. And again, the the cliffhanger at the end, which just leaves you like, oh wow. And then you think about the repercussions. You're like, oh my god, what bad things are coming? Bad things are coming. And I just somehow, some way, the biggest problem though, and you alluded to this, is that when that episode ended, after the euphoric reaction I had to watching the episode, then the darkness sets in. <laughs> it's like, damn it, there's only one episode left. Yeah. <laughs> there's only one episode left, which is awful. But I mean, anyway, give us a three-parter. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's there's so much happening here. And whatever's going to happen, I, I, I mean, I expect nothing less than the world itself to blow up next month. I mean, week. I don't know. But like, but then <laughs> Carl Urban came out and said that, oh, yeah, we're actually starting. I think he said within the month they're going to yeah. start shooting the next up season real soon. So anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to watch the new episode of The Boys? It's the second last episode of the season. If so, what did you think? Was it as as thrilling as we thought it was? Maybe you didn't think it was all that great. By the way, we never even mentioned Frenchie and Kimiko and all that stuff, that which was all beautiful. And, it really was. And unbelievable, too. There was so much good stuff to unpack in this episode. What did you guys think? Whatever those thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, before we move into our main topics here today, we're going to take a second and thank one of the sponsors of today's episode. We love Masterclass around here. You guys know that we've talked about them an awful lot. So here's a word from our friends at Masterclass. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Masterclass. You guys know we love Masterclass around here and have been talking about them for a while. With over a hundred classes from a wide range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. And you guys know one of my favorite classes on here is Bob Iger teaching business strategy and leadership. I go back and watch that like all the time. But also I recently discovered the new class on comedy by Steve Martin where it includes comedy screenwriting as he does this great case study for one of my all-time favorite comedy comedies Roxanne. I've gotten more into screenwriting by taking a class from Aaron Sorkin himself. And of course, you guys know I'm a poker guy and I love my good Canadian kid, Daniel Negreanu. And I've been watching his stuff on poker strategy. It's absolutely fantastic. So guys, we highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every single masterclass. And as a John Campia show viewer and listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. So go to masterclass.com slash Campia. That's master masterclass.com slash campia for 15% off masterclass and a big thank you to our friends at masterclass for sponsoring this episode 
of the John Campia Show. By the way, guys, our sponsors and links to them and the promo codes are all in the description near the top of the description of this video. Go check them out because when you guys support the people who are sponsoring the show, you're actually supporting the show. So thank you again to Masterclass. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move into our main topics here today. And how do we select our main topics? Well, that's easy. You guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Rob. What is our first main topic today? John, our first main topic comes to us from Jeff Singer. Yesterday came the news that Peter Dinklage, Jeff Goldblum, and Lena Headey all filmed scenes for Thor Love and Thunder that ultimately didn't make it in the final cut of the film. While it's not uncommon for an actor to not make it into the final cut of a film, i.e. Sienna Miller and Black Mass, I can't remember the last time three actors ultimately had their scenes not make it into a film. What are your thoughts on this story? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Jeff. And yes, so Thor Love and Thunder, it's coming out in theaters uh, next weekend. I watched it, had a very good time with it. I'm not sure I think it's as good as Thor Ragnarok, but it, I was very entertained by it, even though it does lean more into the silly comedy, but <laughs> it did make me laugh a lot. Anyway, we found out that there were going to be a couple of cameos and an appearance. So Jeff Goldblum and Peter Dinklage. They already exist in Thor's universe, right? So hearing that they were going to have cameos, not a big surprise. We haven't seen the gauntlet forging dwarf in a long time. Right. We haven't seen Goldblum in a bit either as the Grandmaster. So that was fine. The interesting name was Lena Headey, Game of Thrones stars Lena Headey, that she had a role. But here's the thing about her. Her role wasn't a cameo and it wasn't small. Here's the interesting thing. This all comes out a result, as a result of there being a lawsuit right now that what, some former representation for Lena Headey is suing her for money that they say she owes them because they're supposed to get a small cut of money she earns from projects. This comes to us from the folks at Variety. They write the following. Game of Thrones star Lena Headey is being sued for $1.5 million by her former UK agency, Troika, over unpaid commission fees relating to a number of projects, including the upcoming film Thor Love and Thunder. Troika, which rebranded as YMU in 2020, claims that Heedy owes the agency at least $500,000 equivalent to 7% of her fee for her earnings on the Marvel movie. Variety can confirm that Heedy does not appear in the final cut of Thor Love and Thunder, which stars Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, the film is set for release next week. Okay. <clears throat> so while some people, and I get this, are looking at the story and going, wow, Lena Headey was going to be in Thor. That's a story. It is. Yeah. But you're glossing over the real story here. If Troika, her former agency, is saying they owe her, she owes them 7% of her fee, and that's $500,000. Mm-hmm. That means if you do some rough math, she got paid $7 million minimum, $7 million to be in Thor Love and Thunder. 
a, a movie that she doesn't even appear in now. That if the lawsuit has some merit and they're saying she owes them half a million dollars, that means she got paid $7 million. So, number one, this wasn't a cameo. No, not for that. Not for that amount of money. That doesn't mean she was going to be like the third main star of the movie or anything like that, but this was more than a quick cameo. I mean, you can't even put Robert Downey Jr. in for a quick two-minute cameo and give him $7 million like that. So how big this role must have been is crazy. And the fact that Marvel has so much money that they can spend $7 million or something, go, don't use it. I mean, I hate spicy food. Hate spicy food. But if I find out I accidentally spent two bucks on extra chili peppers, I'm like, well, I spent the two bucks. Might as well use it. Never mind. Seven million dollars. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Now, look, would it have been fun to have Peter Dinklage have a quick cameo or Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, but the movie, without giving anything away, the movie's already filled with a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's fine. But this seven million dollars for a role that you ultimately cut to me is crazy. Anyway, Rob, you hear this story. Uh, number one, what kind of role do you think Lena Headey could have been playing? And number two, is this unusual to have somebody that made that much money be ultimately cut from a film entirely? What do you think? Well, first I was going to ask you, because having not seen the movie, is there is there a, a character you think, like, where would she fit into the movie? Now, the only thing that I could possibly, that, that, uh, by the way, having not seen the movie, what if she played Gore the God Butcher's wife, the mother of his child? I mean, I, again, I haven't seen the movie. I don't want you to spoil anything, but I, I just, I don't know what she would play. And I, I would have to see the movie because I can't even speculate having not seen the film. But that was the first thing that comes to my mind, mm. you know, that, that maybe it would be. A, and again, I don't know if there are gore flashbacks that we see his life. I don't know. I, I know that he has different looks throughout the film, but the, your, to your second question, no one gets paid $7 million and then they get entirely cut out. I can only think, and, and if they did, that's a painful thing to do to anyone. Lena Headey is a great actress. I she, love her. Love her. Love her. She has a great connection, obviously, not just because of Game of Thrones, but of lo- a lot of the other work that she's done. She's been in a lot of genre material. She's a fan favorite. She always brings uh, her A-game. By the way, as Mama... And Judge Dredd, oh, or sorry, just Dredd, Dredd? with Carl Dude. Urban. Oh, she was awesome, awesome. in that. So good. good. I mean, she's so good. So, so it leads me to believe. Here's the thing: take away the money that they pay people. When you're putting together a movie like this, sometimes you get to a point where you realize this movie runs a lean less than two hours, even with credits, as you guys were pointing out yesterday. I could see this movie being two fifteen. 220 and whatever that running time had her character in it, whoever she may have been. And they just realized on the page and people might think this is ridiculous, but sometimes you just don't know until you've put a movie together, you're looking at it, you watch it and you realize, you know what? This character that read so well on the page, we thought, of course, you couldn't even imagine taking them out of the film. When you see the movie, you realize that it's redundant or, or, the, the, the plot, it just, you don't need it. And, and it's something that you can't even, I know it might seem crazy to people, but you don't even understand until you've seen the movie all together and you realize this movie has this great pace and the one time it, it lulls, you know, it goes into a, 
it's because of this this story and you realize do we need it and and if we were to cut it out would anybody even know it was missing so i would ask you do you did you feel that there was something in the movie there was a quality of this film that was missing no and i remember yesterday like chris chris gore who was on the show with us yesterday he was at the same screening of it i was and we both kind of said that we both felt like the runtime of this movie was perfect yeah you both said that like it had great pace and all that kind of stuff and i love the fact that taika watiti is the type of director who he is not married to the footage he shoots unlike a great director a great great director who does get a little overly married to the footage he shoots is like an example like peter jackson they just go back and watch king kong right like that that movie is like 40 minutes too long that easily you could have cut a lot of that out but he's like he shot he brought in lena Headey. by the way the the agency one of the big things that lena Headey is arguing against her agency was that the agency didn't even get her the role right she says taika watiti approached her directly so taika watiti you're taika watiti right you have this idea not only do you have an idea for a character you know who you want to have play it and you go out and you get her personally and you set up those shots you spend days probably shooting and you shoot those shots for a director like Taika Waititi to sit back and go, you know what, as great as all that is, the movie just works better if we take it out. Ray, help me out. Uh, a, a guy the Lakers never should have got, he was drafted by the Nuggets, went to the Knicks. Anthony. Uh, uh, Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony, right? This is a great example of this. For those of you who are sports fans, I know a lot of you aren't, but, but like, look at the, the Denver Nuggets. Carmelo Anthony was their number one player, right? He was great talent. But guess what? He wasn't a right fit for that team. And when they traded Carmelo, when Carmelo was no longer on the Nuggets, guess what? They had years of better success than they ever had with him there. Even though he was a great talent, it just would work. And so, like, Lena Headey's obviously a great talent. I'm sure, Ta- I'm sure Taika Waititi wrote a great character. Mm. But for him to have the maturity of a director and say, you know what? I can't be married to any of this. The movie just works better if we take it out, even though it's cool stuff. And I wish more directors had that instinct. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I again, I'm sure I would, I would just venture a guess. I'll bet the tone of those scenes with her were probably not in keeping with the tone of the rest of the movie because you talk about how much funnier it is, how it's kind of, it's sillier. I would imagine, and I'm just saying, I, I don't know anything about this, but let's say it was Gore the God Butcher's wife or something, and it was a relationship that informed... I'll bet that was played a lot straighter than the rest of the movie, more romantic, maybe. more. That's all. I, and, and, and maybe it took away from the Natalie Portman relationship with Chris Hemsworth. I have no clue because I haven't seen the film. I don't even know what it's like, the feeling of the movie. I know nothing about it other than the trailer. So I'm talking out of my ass. But I'll tell you one thing. I bet it was painful for Taika Waititi to call her up and say, hey. I know I came to you, but the real question... Especially after they already paid $7 million yeah, for Yeah, but I would think that this is also a, a real question in Hollywood. You know, agencies want to... If they don't get you a job, and they had nothing to do with you getting paid, they still, because you're their client, expect to take a pound of flesh. Right. And I don't necessarily think... I mean, you obviously might have a contract with an agency that specifically states that, but if they're not getting you work, they could... I mean, a half a million dollars is a big chunk of change. Yeah. It really is. Anyway, we're going to keep our eye on the situation. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? Game of Thrones, Lena Headey was in Thor, Love, and Thunder. A big enough role to justify a $7 million minimum deal that she got for it, and she was cut out. What do you think maybe she was going to play? What do you think about the fact that she's not there? What do you think about the other cameras, Jeff Goldblum, Peter Dinklage, 
that aren't in the film either. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Rob, what is our second main topic today? Well, John, our second main topic comes to us from Alfonso T. I walked out of light year confused. Don't misunderstand me. I enjoyed the movie enough, but I didn't really know why it was a Buzz Lightyear movie at all. They contradict some story things we know about Buzz, and it just didn't even feel like the Toy Story Buzz we all know and love. I saw that Tim Allen agrees, as he just said he didn't see any connection. What do you think of the original Buzz saying there is no connection between his Buzz and Lightyear? All right, thanks a lot for saying that in, Alfonso. And look, Going back to when this movie was first announced, I remember us talking on the show about, so, so what is this? Right. A little bit? Like, why? Now, when they showed us the first 30 minutes, I fell in love. Me Absolutely too. fell in love with the first 30 minutes. Unfortunately, Act 2 and Act 3 do not live up to the very high bar of Act 1. Still enjoyable. I still like the movie. I enjoyed it. I came out of it with a good time, but... I'm telling you, this movie would have been a Best Picture contender had it lived up to Act 1. That being said, they're not wrong. Like, you come out of it thinking, I just watched a pretty good space adventure animated movie. Mm -hmm. I never felt like I walked out of watching a Buzz Lightyear movie. And therein lies the problem. They never had a great idea for a Buzz Lightyear movie. They had a great idea for a, a good story in and of itself. I, I never caught the need for it to be associated with the Toy Story IP. And you're right, Alfonso. You're not the only one to think so. Tim Allen apparently thinks so as well. As Tim Allen has broken his silence to speak out about it, and he said the following. He said, there's really no Toy Story buzz without Woody. I'm not sure what the idea... I'm a plot guy. If it was done in 1997, it would seem to be a big adventure story. And as I see it, it's not a big adventure story. It's a wonderful story. It just doesn't seem to have any connection to the toy. It has no relationship to Buzz. There's just no connection. I wish there was a better connection. And again, that comes to us from Screen Rant quoting the original Buzz Lightyear, <coughs> Tim Allen. And here's the thing. You would be forgiven if you looked at that quote and thought Tim Allen is just being a bitter old man that he didn't get to do the voice in this big movie and blah, blah, blah. But I think it's important to point out that he said, hey, look, this is a wonderful story. They, ma they made a, a wonderful story. But, and he's not wrong. I'm, I'm somebody who enjoyed this movie. I like this movie. But he ain't wrong. There is zero connection between this and what Toy Story is. And by calling this movie Lightyear, you're kind of telling the audience that there is. And in reality, there isn't. And that, I believe, left a lot of audiences, before even seeing it, a bit confused looking at the marketing, not really understanding what the movie's even supposed to be. I mean, look, we talked about the fact that when we saw the first 30 minutes, black screen up on the screen comes. In 1997, a young kid named Andy went to go, had a favorite movie, and he bought his toy about, about that movie. This is that movie. Like, you heard all the people in the audience go, oh, the very fact that nobody has any idea what the even the, the, the proposed connection is going into it is a sign of a failure in the marketing. And I think that had a lot to do. We talked about this already. 
that had a lot to do with people going, I don't know if I'm going to go see this movie. I don't even know what this movie is, really. It says Lightyear. It kind of looks like Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story, but nothing else I see about it has any connection to it at all. And I think Tim Allen has a point here. It's like, if you're going to do something like this, you need to at least come up with other ways that shows tangible connection to the stories that we all recognize this IP for, that we all have emotional connections to. And they just didn't do it. And again, I think that's a failure in the marketing. I think that's a failure in concept. And even though they ended up making a pretty good movie, they really did drop the ball on this in a lot of ways. Anyway, Rob, you heard Tim Allen's comments. What do you make of them? Well, I think they're actually very cogent, uh, insightful comments, especially when he talks about you can't have Buzz without Woody. Because I think that their relationship is, a, is an essential Toy Story relationship. But, you know, I was talking to my buddy, Mike Bodden, and he was pointing something out about this because we had a long conversation about this movie. He said, you know, all of the toys in Toy Story are vintage toys that probably John Lasseter had when he was a kid. Whether it's, it's Woody, who's like from a 50s TV series, and even Buzz Lightyear. They had a great toy line in the 60s called Major Matt Mason that was inspired by the Apollo program that even had an alien and, and all that. So he was saying that, you know, all of those toys are vintage. And if Andy was a kid in 1985, he wouldn't have, or at 95, he wouldn't have those toys. He would have Star Wars toys. You know, he'd have G.I. Joe, he'd have Transformers. So all of those toys in 1995 would not be toys that a kid like Andy would necessarily play with. So the idea that even that light year that Andy, like I never thought that Toy Story took place in the modern, I didn't think that it took place in the year it came out. It seemed timeless, you know, and that it was, because the toys were vintage even to me. I love toys. And so when we saw this movie, you know, when I first saw the first half an hour, I'm like, this is brilliant. I love this. But going back and seeing it, I think I liked the movie more than other people. But I'll tell you this. I reject the notion that this is the movie. This movie is not the movie. If Andy, that young Andy watched. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if he had watched yeah. this movie, he would have either seen this at a matinee, and it should have been a movie that was from the 1950s. Like when I was a little kid, I saw War of the Worlds for the first time. It was made in 1953, not the Tom Cruise version. And it was my favorite movie. The bug-eyed aliens, you know, and the Martian war machines frying the priests and the weird sound effects. And I loved it. It wasn't modern, but it was my first favorite movie because I was a little kid. What did I know? And I think that what Andy would have seen was a, a vintage movie. Like maybe because we would go as kids, our parents, like the school would show vintage movies like on saturdays yeah. you know for and and so this movie and when i saw the whole thing i was like i just don't buy that this is the movie that andy would have seen in 1995 if that makes any sense right you yeah know? no i i get it. anyway guys the question is for you what do you make of this tim allen kind of saying yeah i mean it's a wonderful story but there's no connection between this movie and the, the characters that we portrayed. Do you like what he said? Do you agree with what he said? I really do. Anyway, whatever you guys make of it, jump down into the comments section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, we're going to take another second and hear from another sponsor of today's episodes. They were one of the original John Campus Show sponsors, our friends over at Stamps.com. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Stamps.com. Now, guys, as a small business owner myself, I am always looking for ways to save costs, yes, but I know that our most valuable resource is time, and I'm always looking for things that can save us time. Stamps.com saves you both. Because when you're running a small business, every second counts. You can't afford to waste a single moment. So why are you still taking time out of your day to go to the post office when you could be using Stamps.com instead? Stamps.com makes mailing 
selling and shipping quick, easy, and cost-effective. How cost-effective? Well, you can get discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. And there's no special hardware technology you need. All you need is your regular computer and printer, no special supplies or equipment required. So guys, stop wasting time and start saving money when you use Stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with the promo code CAMPIA for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts needed. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code CAMPIA. And a big thank you to the folks at Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Rob, what is our third main topic today? John, our third main topic comes to us from Eric Michelson. Greetings, John, Rob, and Chris. At midnight, <laughs> I jumped on Netflix to watch Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, and... No dice. No dice. It took me like 20 minutes to get the show loaded. Looks like I wasn't the only one having trouble as it's being reported that a lot of people couldn't get on the service. Looks like crashing servers aren't just for AMC and Disney+. Plus. <laughs> what do you think of this situation? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Eric. And yes, of course, Stranger Things Season 4, which in my opinion has been the best season of Stranger Things so far. Me too. I agree. Volume 2, the final four hours, two episodes, dropped at midnight. I have not watched it. I had planned on watching it, but after watching The Boys, I was exhausted. Yes, and I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I got to go to bed. So I, I haven't watched it yet. Ann and I are planning to hunker down and watch that a little bit later tonight. But it looks like a lot of people try to tune in and watch it at the same time. Because, yeah, they had some problems. This comes to us from the folks over at Variety who wrote the following. Netflix's streaming service was unavailable for a brief period early Friday after the highly anticipated release of the final two episodes of Stranger Things Season 4. According to global uptime monitoring site uh, downdetector.com, user reports of problems with the Netflix spiked to around 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time when Stranger <laughs> Things 4 Volume 2 went live. Complaints about errors with Netflix peaked to nearly 13,000 at the top of the hour before the situation seemed to be resolved within a half hour. Now, notice, that's not 13,000 people had problems. That's 13,000 people who actually had the, went through the bother of loading, going onto that website and reporting a problem, which you know means there's probably 30 for every one yeah. that went to go tune in with it. And you're right. This tends to be a problem that we see when Disney Plus, although not as much lately, but when a new episode of Mandalorian would go, it's like, try again, try again, try oh, again. Yeah. But we haven't seen that with Netflix. And now we have. Rob, I think there are two really interesting things about this. Interesting thing number one is that I think this is another testament that this has been the best season of Stranger Things so far. I completely agree with you. I think this is absolutely a testament to that. That's that great. That the people who have been excited about Stranger Things in the past never been as excited about this show as they are right now. And I think this, this result, this very fact that Netflix itself suffering crashes and again maybe it has happened in the past i just don't recall ever hearing about this ever happening with netflix before not for any of their marvel shows not for the crown not for house of cards nothing stranger things season four volume two it doesn't but if i may do a little confirmation bias okay <clears throat> the second big thing to me 
that stands out to me and that I think people in Netflix are going to notice. Not dropping your entire season at once <laughs> fucking works. Because you know what didn't crash the servers in Netflix? Dropping the first part of Stranger Things Season 4. There's a lot of people excited about it. Very, very excited about it. A lot of people, I'm sure, t- sure, tuned in immediately to watch the first episode or two or whatever. But there is a reason that that didn't crash the site, but this did. This is yet more proof and more evidence that the better, the smarter way to release content is not by dropping it all at once. It is by dropping it in stages or episodes because you allow word of mouth to bust. Because here's what would happen before, Rob. We've talked about this. Stranger Things Season 3 would drop. Everybody watched it, buzzed about it for about three to four days. Mm. And then the conversation was over. The conversation was done. After a week, nobody was talking about Stranger Things Season 3 anymore. It was done. We have spent a month talking about (laughs) Stranger Things Season 4 up until this point. Getting more people excited. Getting people to want to go back, catch up, because there was more coming. And then it comes, crashes Netflix, and I guarantee you the numbers are bigger than they were for Volume 1. And that is why streaming shows like WandaVision started off small, but grew every single week, week after week. And we were talking about WandaVision for two months. We talked about Mandalorian for months. Because, and we're talking about The Boys Four months, because you can do that with stuff like this. And again, granted, this is probably, I admit there's probably a degree of confirmation bias in this. I admit that. But I do also think you can't just ignore it, that all of a sudden they've released the second part now, and boom, the conversation is still hot and going. And I think this is a big thing. But anyway, Rob, those are the two takeaways I have. What are the takeaways you have looking at this situation? Well, first of all, I, I want to point out that that ultimately you have to have something that's great. And one of the things I yeah. think about, I look at, it's kind of strange. I'm looking at Stranger Things 4 and The Boys as sort of being parallel in the sense that both of these shows deep into their runs are doing the same thing. You have a large ensemble cast. They're doing a great job with these sprawling stories and they're interconnecting all of our favorite characters. Beautiful writing. I think Stranger Things 4, like The Boys, really has upped their game. The writing is terrific. You're interested in everything that's going on. These wildly... uh, uh, diverging storylines really great but that said john it's not it's not even just think about what's happened like the whole kate bush running up that hill story it became a yeah became an international phenomenon Her, yeah it's become a phenomenon she's at the top of the uk charts the top of, and that's happened yeah. between the two seasons and people are starting to talk about that who would have thought that would have happened i wouldn't have thought that would have happened but also People can buy their Hellfire Club t-shirts. You know, you can go online and get those. I got to get mine, by the way. Yeah, and and I think that what's happened here is it's, by, and, and even for me, you and I have talked on this show now four years about how we drew the conclusion that, you know what, putting them out weekly is much better because, and I know this now for a fact, I have binged shows that I watched the whole thing, don't remember a thing. Don't remember a thing. When I watch shows, I don't know if it's the way my brain works, but if I watch shows week after week after week, I think about them. I anticipate, ooh, last week, I actually will watch the recaps. Normally, I wouldn't watch recaps. I just binge, 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 right. binge. Now I watch the recaps because I want to get myself in that headspace. You know, and you, 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 you come and watch this stuff. 
And it's a, I think it's a much more fulfilling experience because I'd gotten to the point where I'd binge these shows in one ear and out the other. I'd binge them, I'd be done with them, and I didn't even, I can't even remember like uh, watching some shows I watched. I know I watched the whole thing and I love them. Like a lot of them were murder mysteries or something. I don't know what happened. You couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I'd be hard pressed to describe a scene. But dude, and some of these shows, like for all mankind, I'm going back and watching the episode multiple times during the week. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about it. And I think you're absolutely right. I don't, Look, I don't think it's a confirmation bias because we have seen this happen. We, we've we've even judged it we've, in, our, with yeah. our, in ourselves. We're like, yeah. what works better for me? And look at look at the Star Wars shows. Look at how we talk. Whether you like Kenobi or not, that was a discussion ongoing. Miss um, Marvel, people are talking about it, you know, and and they're making they're trying to make sense of it. And what happens is at first there's people that'll be like, that show's going to suck. And then as episodes two and three and four across the weeks are talked about and people that wouldn't normally go, that was really good. Suddenly they're going, that's really good. You know, and then people are tuning in. Word of mouth is building and it becomes a cultural event. You know, it goes out in the wider culture and people are talking about it in political essays or whatever. Vecna is a thing that people will mention. And and I, I think that we've proven or Netflix has proven, just like you said, part one didn't cause any servers to crash. Yeah, and but to your point, none of this matters if the show isn't great. Right. Right? And like you you've made that point many 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 times. Like okay, it doesn't matter what your release strategy is if your content isn't great. And that's again, it's another testament I think to the fact that they have really upped their game. I think this has been the best season of of uh, Stranger Things so far, and I can't wait to watch the final two episodes tonight. No, I mean me neither. And you know, you think about the great shows, whether it's Ted Lasso and Severance, or For All Mankind over on Apple Plus. You've got stuff on on uh, on Netflix. You have stuff on Amazon, like The Boys. We are we are seeing a renaissance, specifically of genre television programming, science fiction, fantasy, and horror. You know, we've got House of the Dragon coming. We've got rings of power coming i mean hopefully we're just we're we're living through and all these people are looking at these shows watching going we have to up our game so we as viewers are getting some amazing content you know i'm always saying we're living through a golden age we really are we really are <laughs> all right guys question is for you what do you think about this were you one of the many people who tried right at midnight to start clicking on stranger things season four volume two and maybe had to wait a little bit what do you think is the reason for it? Why do you think it's peaking like this? Whatever your guys' thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Rob, what completely uninteresting and, uh, oh, what? This is brand new. Uh, story number four do we have? Ooh, well, John, Keegan McBride writes in and says, hey, John, We've been wondering for a while what Warner Brothers will do about the Flash movie due to the Ezra Miller situation. It has just been reported from multiple sources that Warner Brothers intends to release the movie in theaters. I think this makes sense. Releasing it on HBO Max or scrapping it would be a large loss of money. What do you guys think on this one? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Keegan. And this is all, again, a part of the never-ending, ongoing... <laughs> I would be so happy if we never have to say the name Ezra Miller again. But Variety just put out a very interesting article in which they did two very key things. Three, really. The first thing is they went back to that original incident with the girl that Ezra grabbed her by the throat who finally told the story about this is what happened. It started off with what she thought was playful. 
like Ezra Miller showing off some battle wounds and her saying, oh, where'd you get these? I got them from fight. She says, I bet I could take you in a fight. And he's like, oh, you fucking want to fight? And she thought it was all just in fun. And then she said, I thought it was just, we we're just having a good time and joking around and having fun. And then he grabbed me by the throat. Then he took me to the ground and then he was screaming in my face. And so it's, it's kind of disturbing to read it. That's the first thing in this variety article. The next article is a totally new account we've never heard of, of a woman in Germany that, I mean, I'll, you guys can go and find and, and read the article, but the basic Cole's notes for it is that she had invited Ezra into her home and then Ezra started smoking and she said, I just asked him to stop smoking. To which Ezra got incredibly belligerent, started screaming at her. I won't repeat the things that he's reported as saying that Ezra's reported as saying. You can go read those in the article. Leaving the woman's feeling incredibly threatened Ezra would not leave until she called the police and the police, the only reason they're not charging him is because he's not in the country anymore. Ezra's not in the country. And as long as they're not in the country, the, the German prosecutors say, we can't do anything about it because they're not here. So there's that to which all of us would now say it's Tuesday. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, that's just what it's come down with Ezra Miller and their behavior. It's Tuesday. None of us are surprised anymore. None of us are shocked anymore to hear this kind of stuff. But then there's a third thing that Variety mentions in their article that is quite interesting and something worth talking about here. This comes to us from that article in Variety who wrote the following. <clears throat> as for Miller's future as a movie star, it's unclear whether they will continue to perform as the Scarlet Speedster in future projects. I can tell you that they will not. Uh, but Warner Brother, uh, at Warner Brothers... But Warner Brothers is still committed to releasing its $200 million budget tentpole film, The Flash, in theaters in 2023. According to sources with knowledge of the project, the film simply costs too much for the studio to scrap entirely, and reshooting with a new actor in Miller's role is similarly cost prohibitive because the actor is virtually in every scene. Also, the film likely can't generate the revenue needed to turn a profit without a robust theatrical run, so putting the movie directly on HBO Max is also unlikely. Going to read that top part there again. Warner Brothers is still committed to releasing its $200 million budget temple film, The Flash, in theaters. Rob, we've been talking for months now about what does Warner Brothers do with this project. And we've mentioned several options they have. They can try to reshoot which is cost prohibitive. They can scrap the project altogether, which is far too expensive. You could dump it on HBO Max, which you might as well scrap it because you're not going to make any revenue off it. Or you can just release it and do the best you can. And in recent weeks, we've been saying on this show that we believe ultimately probably the best thing for them to do now is just put it in theaters. Maybe it won't make $700 million, but it could make $200 million. Even with a lot of people refusing to go see it and turned off the project with all the antics of Ezra Miller, it's still going to make some money. Maybe not, not enough to break even, <coughs> pardon me, but if they made $200 million, that's $200 million more than they would have had otherwise. Yeah. So to read that Warner Brothers at this point is saying, you know what? We can't scrap it. We can't dump it on HBO Max and we can't reshoot. So we're left with one option. We're going to put this thing in theaters 
and we're going to make as much as we can, and then they will move on from Ezra Miller. Now, again, I continue to hear people say, why would you reward Ezra Miller for their bad behavior? They are not rewarding, by putting this movie in theaters, they are not rewarding Ezra Miller for their bad behavior. They are declining to punish the thousand other people yeah. who poured their blood, sweat, and tears into this movie and have real stakes in this film as well. Not to mention themselves. Warner Brothers didn't do this. David Zaslav didn't do this, all the stuff that I was just doing. So they're kind of looking, why should we be punished? Why should Michael Keaton be punished? Why should all these other people who have poured their, like, why should Andy Muschietti be punished? The director of the, of the film. Uh, look, we understand this isn't going to do as well as it can. So let's just dump it in theaters. Rob, there's one other angle to this. And um, one of our viewers wrote to me expressing it well, and, and I agree with him to a degree. I probably believe there's still a good chunk of the average movie-going audience that doesn't even know about the Ezra Miller drama. Yeah. Right? I mean, all of us do. Everybody like us who makes shows like the John Campbell Show or watches shows like the John Campbell we are all very well-versed in it. But there's probably a good chunk. I don't know. Well, I know my mom knows about it because she watches my show. But if my mom didn't watch this show, I'm not sure my mom would know about what's going on. So that's in there too. Anyway, Rob, we're, the variety is now reporting that their sources are saying that, yes, Warner Brothers is steadfast in their commitment. They're going to just release this thing in theaters a year from now and let the chips fall where they may. Do you think that's what they're actually going to do? And if so, is that the right move for them to do at this point? Okay, this is going to seem weird to say. This news actually made me feel pretty good about this movie mm. because Warner Brothers, if this movie wasn't very good, I don't think they'd have a problem not putting it out or something. I think, and we've heard, well, we heard yesterday from someone uh, that this movie is quite good. Maybe the best of the DC movies, that it's really well done. It's hugely entertaining. It's everything that you want. I think Warner Brothers is saying they know that, yeah, if you're a movie pundit, you follow these stories, but the general population doesn't they don't care. You know, they're doing, they're, they're, they're leading their lives of quiet desperation. You know, they're putting food on the table. They're, they're paying their taxes, whatever. They're not worried about Ezra Miller's antics. But when a flash movie comes out, they're like, Hey, there's a flash. Let's go see it. And if the movie's really good, and if Warner Brothers, I think Warner Brothers knows how good it is. The fact that they just said, you know what, we're going to put it out, leads me to believe it's really good and it would overcome even us, even our, the critical movie pundit voices that will scream in terror on the internet. <laughs> it, will, it, will, it will supplant that because even we, John, as, as harsh critics as we can be sometimes, if we like the movie, we'll say it. You know, we'll be like, the movie's really good. I mean, I don't know if Warner Brothers should have given Edison Miller this time, but it wasn't like you pointed out, uh, you put it so beautifully. It's why punish all the people that made the movie? You know, I think this movie's probably really, really good. I'm hoping it's really good. And I think that at the end of the day, they have to release the film. It's a year from now. Maybe Ezra Miller, clearly, for whatever reason, he is troubled. I mean, this kind of behavior, it's ongoing. And when we hear these accounts, and I think, you know, he needs help. And maybe he'll get that help in the in the in the time being, and uh, from now until then. And people have a comeback story. Maybe he can apologize. Things will go on in his life. We don't know what's going on in his life. I don't know. And maybe it'll all work out even for the best. Everyone loves a redemption story. He gets the help he needs. He apologizes. The movie comes out. Everybody's happy. Yeah, it, it, oh, I know. I know. It's a With tough. Half one. the stories of the stuff we're hearing about them doing now, 
it it may take more than an apology and, and let's move on. But here's the thing, too. We as we as film fans can often be like house dogs in the sense that we have no sense of time. Right. Because I, I've already heard some conversations <laughs> well online. <laughs> I've heard some conversations online of people saying, well, with all, all this going on, why are they making this movie with them? It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. By the time the real bad stuff, the movie was already shot. And I, I think like sometimes we as, as film fans, we forget that sense of time sometimes, right? That that when all this was going on and when we found out about, you know, the young girl being pulled out of the school and a restraining order being issued and, and the couple having Ezra bust into their room, like waving a weapon at them or like a girl, another girl having a chair thrown in their face. By the time all that was coming out, it's not like Warner Brothers was, well, we're getting ready to go and shoot this Flash movie. Right. Let's keep, no, the the movie was shot. And so that's why like a lot for, in many ways for them as a studio, it's like, uh, we get it. Ezra's problematic, but why should our investment take a hit for that? It will. It's not fair, but they just got to do the best they can at this point. And the thing is, their real life situation, whatever's going on in their life, who, who knows? And again, does their situation have really anything to do with the movie? Right. Like that, it's, I know it's separating the art from the artist, but if they're having a terrible time, something's going on, we don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know. You know, if Ezra is having something, some real difficulty, let's hope that they get the help that they have to have. That doesn't have anything to do with my enjoyment of watching a Flash movie. Yeah. I mean, I think that I can, to be honest, I've always been able to disassociate. There's always been horrible people in Hollywood, you know, and, and I've been able to disassociate myself because, you know, when you watch movies, like we pointed out, it's the work of so many people. And, and it's sort of like movies are alchemy. There's a little bit of magic involved yeah. in, in making them. And, and if one person and that person, they need help, hopefully they can get that. But, I don't think it should ever hamper my enjoyment of a movie. And that's selfish, I know. But if it's good, and it looks, everything we heard about it, it looks good. Flashpoint, I'm so excited. I really want to see this movie. See, here's and does that make me a bad person, John? <clears throat> Am I a bad person? Look, you go into any restaurant, for all you know, the person who prepared that steak that's coming out may be the biggest asshole in the world. It's done terrible, terrible. You just never know. All you know is that you cut a piece of the steak off, take a bite, and it's delicious. But, but here's the thing, too. It goes back to something else. We would not be in this situation if the former regime at Warner Brothers, when that first infamous incident happened of Israel being at a nightclub, what was it, Iceland, Finland, whatever, during COVID, choked a girl and took her to the ground, we would not be in this situation right now to the degree that it's at if Warner Brothers had stepped in and done something. But they took the approach of, shh, we're not going to talk about it. Let's distract. Let's, nobody will talk about it. The movie's still away. Everybody, if Warner Brothers, now I get it. I can hear it now. I can already hear people going, uh, but John, they Warner Brothers say to his parents. Oh, no, I'm not saying they are. But look at Ezra as an investment. Yeah. A you business pull, partner. A business partner. You pull their ass in and you say, what the fuck? Fuck! Yeah, you are playing with our money. 
You are playing fast and loose with our projects and our business. So here's what's going to happen, Ezra. You're going to sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up for the next two years, or you will never work in this business again. And we are concerned for you. This is for your own good, too. Mm. But but instead, what they do, no, 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 don't mention anything. They should have said, not only that, you're going to get on fucking camera, you're going to apologize to the people of that country, you're going to apologize to your castmates for creating this distraction, and then you're going to keep your head down, you're going to promote this movie in like six months, we're going to let some time pass, six months, you're going to keep your nose clean, blah, 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 blah. But instead... They played the silence game and said, we're just going to keep quiet, blah, blah, blah. And Ezra saw that there was no consequences to their actions. And when you see that there are no consequences to your actions, like Homelander, (laughs) you just keep doing your actions. And if that older regime at Warner Brothers had done their jobs, protected their investment, we wouldn't be in the And their shareholders' investment. <laughs> and their shareholders' you know, interest. That's uh, a great point. And also, another thing, first of all, they got around. They have an incredible jet-setting lifestyle. I'm in Germany now. I'm in, I'm in Reykjavik I'm here. In Hawaii. I'm in Hawaii. Uh, and I, you know, that sounds like it would be fun. But like you said, this is an ongoing pattern that has gone on. It's now being reported over years now. And, and they could have nipped it in the bud. They could have. The old regime in Warner Brothers had an opportunity to nip it in the bud, and they didn't. But anyway, <clears throat> enough of that. Guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Apparently, Warner Brothers has set course that they are going to release this movie. Let's be honest here. There's no 100% right answer to this situation. There just isn't. This just might be the best of a bad option. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about that? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down we're going to move into our live questions part of the show which means we're going to open up the super chats now if you've got a thought opinion question critique theory whatever that you'd like to send about any stuff we've talked about or anything else you go ahead and do that and start sending that in now before we start answering those questions though we're going to go over and hear from on this canada day a company owned by a good canadian kid ryan reynolds my Phone service provider. I'm very happy. Our friends at Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to thank the sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. You know the one with the delightful ads with good Canadian kid Ryan Reynolds? So look, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, is that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just $15 a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. And guys, that's no joke because for years I've been using one of the major providers and it was fine. But I switched over to Mint Mobile a little while ago. The service has been fantastic. And the big difference is I'm now paying about one third of what I was paying before. And the best part for anybody who just hates their phone bills is that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. All their plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash campia. That's mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash 
slash Campia. And a big thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. I, I'm not kidding what I said in there. I literally am spending one third that I was <laughs> spending before. So thank you so much to Mint Mobile. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to go on and start taking your live questions. But actually, we're going to start off with some of you guys who are channel members. And thank you so much for being channel members, guys. We've got a couple from them. Ray, what do we got? Yeah, we got one from Irene Jobson. She Irene. Says, yep. She says, how do actors or actresses still get paid if their scenes are cut? Do they? Also, love you guys slash gal. Think about it in these terms. If you, if Robert hires me to build him a chair, I go off and he's going to pay me 300 bucks. I go off, I buy the materials, I put in the labor, I do the work, I've built the chair and I hand it to Rob. Now what Rob does with that chair is completely up to Rob. He paid me for a chair. I gave him the chair. Lena it's a good Heedy, chair. And it's, thank you. I, I put a lot of work into that chair. Lena Headey was hired to act. Lena Headey showed up to set, knew her lines, performed the scenes, did her job and said, here you go, Taika Waititi. There is my performance. Now, what Taika Waititi and Disney does with that is up to them. But she put in the work, so she gets paid. Now, if she had, maybe if in her contract there were like points involved, maybe those points, prob there's probably clauses in the contract that says, hey, if your scenes don't make it into the movie, you obviously don't get you know, points on the movie. You don't get paid residuals on it. But hey, if it's like, hey, $7 million to show up and do the work, she did the work. I don't know. How would you answer that? That's exactly right. I could have answered it better. I mean, <laughs> you do the work, you get paid. Period. All right. Uh, but the residual also, thing could be a big deal on a movie like this. Right. But you, you know, know if you know that those clauses will be in the contract. Sure. Directly address that. I mean, but seven. Uh, we have to. We have to emphasize here, John. Seven million dollars. That's a big that's paycheck. That's a big paycheck. That's a big, big. Big paycheck. I mean, that's what a lot of stars don't get that kind of a paycheck to star in big movies. Yep. All right, Ray, what do we got? She just got the that that uh price tag probably. Um Blue Sky Guitarist says, Love from the Philippines. Thanks for all you do, John and crew. Ah, Salamat. Ah, Thank you so much gusta. for singing that in. Really appreciate that very much. Love hearing from our friends, our family. And the I am, of course, Filipino by marriage. Uh, what, at least that's what I like to say. Also, Rob, I hate to burst your bubble, but I made that chair. Yeah. I, I, it. Okay. Oh. Okay, fine. I admit, I paid Ray to yeah, make see, the chair. See, but still, we're well, that's a whole new wrinkle in this yeah. example, But I delivered then. the chair. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and there's right, no way. He contracted you to make a chair. That doesn't mean that... I went to my chair dealer over here. Where you get the chair? Where you source the material I'm from? I'm a chair broker. He's okay, a chair you got broker. Any good chairs? You got any good chairs? <laughs> Who needs yeah, a chair? Man, I need, need a chair. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We just got I need one to more. My ass let, me, down. Let, let me get this one in before we get to the other ones. Do it, right? Kylo Ken says, I was not expecting that ending of the boys. I was under the impression Homelander was going to get his come up. Come yeah. up. And Again, we're not going to spoil anything. Maybe not <clears throat> so much. There wasn't gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. But the ending is great. So yeah. if you're watching the boys, don't tune tune out early. Watch it right through to the end. All right. Let's get on to our uh, super chats that people have been sending in. Yes. Guys, what do we got? Car Black sends in a super chat and says, In the season two finale of Superman and Lois, it's revealed that Superman is the only hero on his Earth and is different from the other version we saw on Supergirl. Does this convince you to get back on board? Well, actually, Car, a lot of people wrote that in yesterday. Yeah. To lesson. I, I got emails from people and tweets from people. And yes, yeah, that so like I said before, when when Diggle showed up in Superman and Lois, 
I didn't choose to stop being interested in the show. I just a switch went off in my head and I was no longer interested. Like when you put, when you eat some food, you don't choose if you like it or not. Your, your body tells you if you like it or not. You have no choice in that matter. And I just was no longer interested in Superman Lois. Now knowing that this is not the same Superman that was the jobber Superman in the Supergirl show, all of a sudden that switch went off my head again. And now I'm actually excited about getting yeah. back on and watching it again. All right, what's next? Uh, my Comic Planet says Lena Headey being sued for unpaid commission fees. Wait, but I thought Lannisters always pay their debts. <laughs> That's very good. Well done. That's well done, very My good. Comic Planet. Very, very good. Kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> well said. All right, what's next? Tyler Pfeiffer says, what are y'all's thoughts on A Fish Called Wanda? Personally, my favorite comedy of all time. Oh, no, it's coming to kill me. That movie is hysterical. It's genius. I, it's and what? by the way, their other movie they did, Fierce Creatures. Yeah. Not oh, as good as not, A Fish Called but Wanda. Still good. But still very good. Dude, A Fish Called Wanda, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in the theater. It's Who's a the, top 10 comedy of all time yeah. for me. Who's the director on that? Do well, we, I, I don't I know. I want to say Charles, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it was Charles Crichton, an old time British director who was. Like right. in his eighties, wow. was I right? right. Yeah. Like eighties or something like that. Really old school. Like he, he, he. I want to say he directed Ealing comedies, like the original. I don't think he, the original Lady Killers with with Alec Guinness. Mm. And I mean, he directed Space nineteen ninety nine episodes. That guy was a <laughs> lifer. But 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 that was the thing. I remember thinking, wow, you know, he's a. At the time, he was like, this is the oldest director who's ever made a movie. But like John Cleese. Kevin Klein. Oh my God! How funny is Kevin Klein? Um, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Girl. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, what? What's the other Monty crew member that's in there? Oh, um, not not uh, Palin. Michael Palin. Yeah, yeah. Palin. Right. Palin. I. Uh, it is. It is simply one of the funniest movies ever made. So I good. love a fish called Wanda. It's so great. One of the reasons why to when I got to go, the best presser I've ever done in my life. Uh, when I got to go and do the press stuff for. Uh, Last Vegas, the one where I infamously left Robert De Niro hanging. <laughs> <clears throat> but not only did I get to walk into a hotel room with me, Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Michael Douglas, and Kevin Klein, I was in the room with the fish called Wanda guy. And I was like, it is, it is seriously one of the best moments of my career, sitting in that room with just me and these four legends and one of the reasons i was so excited about it was because kevin klein who's also great in dave and many other things but kevin klein from a fish called wanda love that movie all right what's next? great uh let me just point out that morrow morrow jehovah or morrow jehovah gifted five john campion memberships oh thank you man that is oh i love hearing that when people so like good. gift memberships to other members thank you so much for that that's super generous of you dude all right, what's next? Uh, Caden says, love a campy rant. Makes my Friday. Anyways, will I see Flash? Yes. Will I mumble POS when Ezra Miller is on screen? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's going to become, some Some people can't do it, and that's totally understandable, but it's going to be able to, it's going to be about, can you go into the movie and just suspend disbelief? Can mm -hmm. you go in there and just see Barry Allen? And if you're not able to do that, and that's totally understandable if you can't. It's going to be difficult to enjoy the movie. If you can, 
you'll be able to enjoy it and then go back to mumbling POS whenever you think about it. But yeah, I mean, that's... But I think a lot of people are going to be in your boat. I think with all the talk about it, I still think a bunch of people are going to go see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Can't they just put like a sticker over his face every time, like on, <laughs> on TikTok, like how some people do on TikTok? <laughs> all right. What's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, clarifying my comments yesterday about unknown actors for Wolverine, Plemons, etc. I meant actors that most people probably wouldn't <laughs> think could be Wolverine, but could be great. Again, I, I don't mind that idea, but... I, when people ask me, hey, do you think you should get a famous actor for this role or an unknown? 99% of the time, my answer is, it doesn't matter who's the best for the role. Yeah. If if the best person who fits that character to in the spirit of which the writer and the director kind of intended is an unknown, go with the unknown. If it's, a, if it's Robert Downey Jr., go with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I really think... Now, sometimes <clears throat> there are some roles that come up that you go... Yeah, you got you got to have an unknown face in that thing. You got to allow a fresh face to inhabit this character. But I think that's a very very small minority of the time. What do you think? No, I look, I agree. Uh, although I do think I do think that it sometimes is easier for actors that don't have expectations already or you don't equate them with another role. I think one of the reasons that Hugh Jackman was so effective as Wolverine is cuz really nobody knew who he was. And when he first shows up you know, fighting in that cage, doing that cage fighting in, in the in the in the wastes of what the the northern Alberta, the, Canada. Alberta, Canada. I mean, suddenly people are like, who is this guy? You know, and I do think that there's an element of mystery to him and, and you immediately love him. I mean, you know, and that was another thing about Hugh Jackman is and even if you look at the first X-Men, he's not as jacked as he later gets and say something like Logan. Yeah. Because when he first started the role, he was he was replacing another actor and didn't have time to work out as much. So you can even see his physique change if you look real Over closely. The years, yeah. Uh, but even in the first X-Men, he gets better. But, you know, when you first see him, it's like, I don't know who that guy is. And that's our first, we, we identify Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. You know, I think, I, I watched The Greatest Showman because of you, and I thought it was great. I love he, that movie. He was great yeah. in it, you know. But I do think that, like you said, Known actors can be great, and unknown actors can be great. It just should be the best person to fit that role. All right, what's next? Uh, Rafael Castillo is here. Stag show today. Have a great weekend. Yeah, of course, if, for, as we've mentioned many times, Chris Carr has been off on vacation visiting family on the East Coast. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of been us hanging out and holding the fort down. All right, I know. what's next? At first, I'm like, are you going to a strip club? <laughs> I'm like, James Argenta says, over or under... Over or under 69%, Stormfront is Homelander's mother. Um, I'm going to go zero. She would have known. Uh, I think she would have known, and clearly she wasn't. So I'm going to go 0% on that. But you know what? If she if she is, the boys just added a whole nother oh level God. of, uh, ooh, yeah, no, boy. Can't say, I, I'm going to go zero, though. I really do. I'm going to go zero on that. Oof. All right, what's next? Uh, I can't even Josh Cohn says it started with arcane last fall and now volume two of stranger things season four, but Netflix felt like appointment television week to week works. He's got another one. Uh, week to week works. Here we go. There it is. Um, also can all streamers take the Amazon approach of episode drop times? Midnight PST is too late, especially for East coasters. One of my thoughts, favorite things that the boys is doing is that instead of dropping it at midnight they drop it at 7 p.m i really appreciate that a lot now don't get me wrong i mean like there's something about the midnight drop 
for those of us on the East Coast, for people on the West, uh, for those of us on the West Coast, people on the East Coast, that means 3 a.m. But I get th- there's an appeal to the staying up to watch the new episode of Mandalorian, right? There's something to that or the new episode of Ms. Marvel. But I really do appreciate the fact that 7 o'clock hit last night and we were able to just flip on Amazon Prime and there was the new episode of The Boys. I, 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 I'm with you. I would like them to do that. I Bro. really, really would. For all mankind dropped early too. Yeah, it did. Do they always drop early? Because I gotta yeah. notice something. They yeah, have Apple to drop Plus early. does that as well too. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like having those Thursday night previews, and we at the movie. Yeah, like they started out at midnight, and then they slowly brought them back and made it more palatable. Now they yeah. can get a yeah. 4 p.m. Like, matinee with it. With like HBO, they would release stuff earlier, and that that gave way to like people doing like a group um, like watch along. Yeah, absolutely. On, like, yeah. on YouTube and stuff <clears throat> like you couldn't have like all those people for Game of Thrones showing up to that bar in, in Chicago area or whatever. Right. They, they had to show up at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So there's a plus side to it being earlier. There really is. All right, what's next? Ryan Trabuco says, Happy Friday. Last night, I got a preview of the brand new Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park, San Diego. Mm. They have an exhibit honoring 60 years of Spider-Man. Highly recommended. You know, I've been hearing about this for a long time, but I didn't know it was actually now a th- it's a real thing. Yeah, well, Ryan Trabuco actually emailed me um, and sent me some some images too. I look, I don't think we're going to be at Comic Con this year, right? But I may run down there for a day. Unfortunately, we only live like an hour and a half from San Diego, where we live now. Yeah. So uh, I think you know, Ann and I might just dr- jump in a car, zip down the highway there, go check that out because it sounds great. Yeah, it, it really, really does. Good. I mean, yeah. Is All that right, museum? Is that a permanent fixture? Or is that just during Comic Con? I don't know. I, I thought That's it was a good question, but mm. yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. All right. Always go to have a new museum. <clears throat> yes. Especially with something like this. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Blackjack Hooligan says, Rob, that new true romance 4k is stellar. I listen, I totally agree with you. They've done a great job. That arrow packaging is, is awesome. If you get that uh, again, it's a good example. One of the great things about 4k is when a studio goes back in and does a new transfer off the negative, the first version of true romance on, on HD on Blu-ray looked Terrible. All right, Let's what's next? It. Uh, Thomas uh, BDL says, hey, John and team, did you see that Apple TV Plus will have six panels at San Diego Comic-Con, including Severance and For All Mankind? <gasps> I know. Okay, damn it. Oh, I didn't know that. This oh. is Apple's San Diego Comic-Con debut, and it's it's exciting. Oh. It's, it's good to see. And listen, I really hope, like, while we will probably not be going to San Diego Comic-Con this year, I really hope it comes back with a vengeance. I really do. You know, we were we were talking in studio yesterday. We had Chris Gore here as well. And like we're wondering, can can Comic-Con rebound after two years of not really holding its real event? And uh hearing that Warner Brothers is gonna be there without Flash, uh hearing that Marvel's gonna be there, you know, HBO is doing a bunch of stuff, Apple TV, I really hope they're able to come back with a big I'm, vengeance. I'm kind of mad now. Did we know that this Apple thing was gonna happen? No, I we didn't. We had know. our little meeting. Nope. No, we didn't. Aww. We did not. Because I would have pushed to go. Yeah, then Ray would have been like, no, let's go, man. We would have gone like, to that, buddy. There is no negatives. Of yeah, but not you know going. what? For a huge event like this, it'd be great if these major corporations weren't just dropping on a dime. Like, hey, we're actually going to be there in a three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, after the tickets are already sold. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, pretty fly for a Filipino guy. Sends in a super <laughs> chat and says, what disappoints me about Obi-Wan the most is that the Inquisitors didn't have a a musical number the inquisition let's begin release the nuns uh that's a mel mel brooks thing i'll tell you what i whether it's angel which had a very famous all musical number 
<clears throat> episode, I should say. Lucifer had a great musical episode. Episode one of The Boys or uh, of um, Umbrella Academy season three has a great musical number. I'm actually starting. And the idea that the new Joker may be all musical. Yeah. I'm starting to get on board with some more some more musical stuff. Sign me up. All right. OK, let me butt in right here. Ryan Trabuco just sent in a member chat, a super chat or a premium member, member chat. chat. Yeah. Um, he says at Ray, the Comic-Con Museum is a permanent museum in Balboa Park. Oh, very nice. It's great. They have a Pac-Man exhibit, too. So, wow. OK, cool. That's cool. Sign me up. Thanks shop. for the info, I love Ryan. Balboa yeah, Park. I love, I love you, that area. So do I. It's great. It's, it's about, All right. What's next? Beautiful. Uh, Ryan Ger Gerger says, happy Canada, everyone. Love you guys. The true north, strong and free, my friends. That's right. Shania Twain. I like you. Uh, Lauren Green. David Cronenberg. The great spirit of Lauren Green. David Cronenberg. Adam McGoyan. I mean, it's just uh, the Canadians are everywhere. Sean Chi, Simu Liu. Did we mention Michael J. Fox? Michael J. Fox. All the great Canadians. Christopher and Amanda Plummer. I mean, there you go. Also, I've, since we're mentioning Canada, can I say hi, Sue? Hi, Pat. John's uh, parents. I miss you guys. They miss you, too. They always <laughs> yeah, fucking ask you know, about you, you know? Yeah. I need I, this time. The next time I go, I promise you, Sue, Pat, I'm going to cook this time. And you're going to taste some of the food that I oh, make. Oh, they would love here. that. Yeah, because every time they've been cooking all these pastas, just huge amount of food, or we, we go out to eat. I think the next time I visit, visiting i'm here yeah, that's the that first kitchen. question when when we mentioned okay we're looking at travel dates their first question is is ray gonna come that's always their first question i love your parents i want to meet all your I'm uncles one day you. <clears throat> whatever you name all your uncles you know all those carlo vincenzo romolo cigarlo oh <laughs> <laughs> i want to meet them those are my great uncles my, my oh, grandfather's you're... brothers oh are they no longer with us um i think two of them are still with us oh okay I just love their names. Yeah, my grandfather Giovanni, and then his brother Sagarlo Romolo Vincenzo and Sagarlo. And nobody messed with you after <clears throat> you said that. <laughs> no, no. no, I look. I'm not going to say what my family was and wasn't into, but it, <laughs> let's just say we names. all had our suspicions. <laughs> if you just said hey, my uncle's names are, and you said that, they'll be like, okay, never mind. Yep. That's not <laughs> all good. All good. <laughs> We're good. All right. What's next? BJ says in 1995, Andy Davis received a Buzz Lightyear doll based on his favorite movie. This is a remake of that movie. This is a, you know what? That would have made more sense. <laughs> that would, yeah, would. That's actually a really good idea. That would have made, this is a remake of that movie. Would have made a lot more sense. Wouldn't have fixed all the problems. Would have made more but sense. But it would have started out with a laugh too. Yes. Absolutely. All right. What's next? Oscar Hartman says, which is next? There will be hoop dreams. What? There will be hoop dreams. There will dreams, be blood. Guys, please do not write in There will acronyms. be blood. Which, oh, he's probably asking what he should watch. There will be blood, Hoop Dreams, or Boyhood. There will be blood. Yeah, all of those three of those movies are great. The Hoop Dreams is a documentary. Absolutely. Um, but There Will Be Blood, in my personal opinion, is not the greatest movie of all time, but in my personal opinion, There Will Be Blood has the single greatest acting performance in the history of Hollywood which is the goat Daniel Day-Lewis playing oh, oh, Daniel Plainview. I'm an oil man. Uh, I drink your milkshake. <laughs> it's it, so it good. Is, again, I don't think it's the greatest movie of all time, but it is. I believe it is the greatest single performance dude. ever given in any motion picture. And, and so if you haven't watched that one, dude, watch it. I yeah. would, would, would you say that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I love all those movies. They're very different. Yeah. I mean, they're very different. But There Will Be Blood is an... Ex you talk about movies being experiential <laughs> events. 
that's a movie you don't forget. And by the way, Paul Dano, the yeah. Riddler, in that movie playing opposite Daniel Day-Lewis. Amazing. 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 Absolutely fantastic. All right, it's what's amazing. next? Uh, Alex Mata says, seeing Miss Marvel, Sam, Cap, Ant-Man, and Captain Marvel interact and fight together in Quantum Mania. Or Quant- oh, Quantum Encounter. Is that a new game? Makes me want a new Avengers movie ASAP. That must be the new Avengers. This got game. brought up yesterday. Yeah, I still yeah, have yeah, no idea it, what it, it, it is. It's, no, it's it's uh, on their cruise ship. It's like an interactive like dinner. <gasps> so, but it's not like so you're having your dinner and all that on the Disney. But cruise like ship. along the sides of the walls, you should put yourself on camera there, Jonathan. Yeah, well, and, uh, <laughs> so people excited. can see what you're doing with your and hands. And then, uh, like where you'd have like the windows to look out. Those are actually all screens, and so all the sides of the the restaurant and all that it's all interactive video telling a story during your like dinner on the cruise okay ship. that's awesome I, you know what? I did see a clip of that there was a clip i saw where ant-man and wasp are saying paul rudd and uh what's the actress's name from lost uh oh um 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 i can't <clears throat> good canadian girl by i the have way. a hot toy i should her. know this she's a canadian girl yeah anyway and paul rudd goes now look before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, let's address the elephant in the room. A lot of you guys are wondering why I didn't just shrink down and fly up Thanos and and then Hope Van Dyne interrupts him and says, nobody wants to know about that and moves on. But it's just kind of funny that he was started to address the the question like, why did Ant-Man just fly up, you know, Thanos' butthole? Evangeline and, Lily. Evangeline Lily. <laughs> and uh, you know, pull a Termite. Is that the name of the guy from the voice? Yes, Is it termite? Yeah. And pull a termite. Why didn't you just do that? So it's kind of funny that you just started to address it. All right, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> My Comic Planet says, hey, Rob, did you hear your boy William Shatner will unveil a documentary about himself at San Diego Comic-Con? Look forward to that. Yep, I read about that yesterday. And uh, he's going to be on stage with, I think, Kevin Smith. Oh, wow. Or something, uh, unveiling his documentary about himself. By the way, another good Canadian kid. Oh, you know, let me just tell you. If William Shatner makes a documentary about himself, that's like the most William Shatner thing ever. God, I love that man. It truly is. I love that man. All right, what's next? (laughs) Lucky BX says Darth Vader. Hmm. Bale named his daughter Leia. That's one of the names Padme liked. I don't recall (laughs) Bale mentioning his wife was expecting. She's the same age as my child would have been. Oh, well. Well, remember, too, the, the other problem with that is, though, is that the universe knew Leia was adopted. Everybody on on um, Alderaan knew she was a whole family, but, but that was never suspicious. It's not like Vader knew that she had children and that they had been hidden from him. Right. He just, his complete understanding, his worldview was Padme died. And then the, so therefore the children were never born. Yep. So he was never looking for them. No. I mean, you have a twin sister. <laughs> um, yeah. What's next? Gregory B says, hi, I'll question for the whole crew. If you lived in an area with only one theater and every time you went, it was a bad experience, would you keep going? No. No. It is like, man, if there was only one girl who was interested in you, but every time you had sex, it wasn't the greatest, (laughs) would you still do it? Yeah. Yeah. You probably would. Oh, Look. man. He was just walking. <laughs> <laughs> Jackman was reacting to us right now. <laughs> I, I Look, here's the thing. If that was the only place, like maybe it, it's not that the best the experience. But, 
But if it's the only game in town, look, I'm the only example. I gotta say have. though, you know what? Even mediocre sex is better than a mediocre presentation in a movie theater. But 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 that's the point. Still transfers is that like okay. But if that's the only option you have, I have an option of either being in an uncomfortable seat with sticky floors and overpriced stuff and whatever to watch Thor Ragnarok, or in this case, Thor Love and Thunder, or not watch Thor Love and Thunder. I'll take the subpar experience. You know what I would say about but this? But fortunately, we live in a world where that isn't our only option. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say this. If there's only one theater, you know, get involved. Be, be activist. Call up the theater, find out about the management, and take your complaints. Not in a way, why does the theater suck so hard? Don't do that. Go, hey, you know, listen, I, I, I love patronizing your theater. I've noticed the experience could be better. Is there anything that I can do to help you guys? I mean, do I need to call your home office and have more projection? Can I get my friends to gather, to gather up and volunteer to come in and clean up something? Yeah, or? yeah. Well, can we tweak the system? You know, I'll come in and do it. Try it. You know, and, and I think people would be open, maybe unless some douchebag owns it and says, get out of here, kid. I don't want to hear yeah, but again, if Henry Cavill makes a new Superman movie and it's coming out and it's in the theater, I don't like going to, but that's the only option I have of watching it. I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm still going to go watch it there. Because the only you drive 100 miles to go to a great theater, though. Okay, no, but again, they're saying if that's your only option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I would go out of my way to drive further to go to a better experience. But if my only option is yeah. it's that theater or nothing. I'll have to take that theater. You know, because sometimes people don't even know how shitty their theaters are. It's true. They don't even know. Until they go to a better place. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely right. All right. What's next? Know. Attack of the Mushi says, hey, gang, the Luke Cage premiere crashed Netflix. I don't recall that. But you know what? That's because less people, it was not as big as it was now. That was, what, four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah, maybe. But again, I don't recall that. I'm yeah, not saying either. it didn't happen. I'm just saying I don't yeah, recall yeah, that. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Adam Henson says, uh, hey, Funko, where are the Lucifer pops? I want a devil face Tom Ellis on my shelf. Ooh, I would I would pick up some Lucifer Funko pops. A meta deal is actually one of my favorite characters. Like, But obviously, Lucifer is my favorite. But yeah, I would love some of those. That would be great. All right. What's next? Peter Cunnington says, did you hear that Woody Allen thinks that streaming is ruining the theater experience? Did you hear that Woody Allen? Can you bring oh, that sorry. Uh, Woody Allen <clears throat> thinks that streaming is ruining the theater experience. I, I I don't agree with him. Look, throughout the last 50 years, there have been so many new innovations in technology that have come along. The color TV was going to kill the, well, the television in homes was going to kill the movie yeah. theaters. Color television was going to kill the movie theaters. VHS was going to kill the movie going experience in the movie theaters. DVD was going to kill. HD is here now. That's it for the movie theaters. Streaming is here now. That's it for the movie theaters. And no, I, I look, there's home entertainment that's going to the theaters. They can complement each other. And so, no, I don't agree with them. The thing, so I watched, he did an interview with Alec Baldwin. Right. And he was talking about this. And I think he, he was mostly referring to the fact that he no longer has the audiences and not what people think of him personally. But his movies, the kind of movies he made, just aren't the kind of movies people go out to the theaters to see anymore. You know, and I think that's what, kind of what he was referring to. That, And I mean, he's never he's not making spectacle. He never made spectacle. You know, maybe if he made his film from the 70s, everything you always wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask that he made them. It's, maybe if he made that, people would go out because, wow, look what he's dealing with. But, you know, would you go see 
I mean, Midnight in Paris now. I mean, I love that movie, but I don't know if I'd roll out to a movie theater and have to see it on a 70 millimeter IMAX screen. Well, here's an interesting thing. We just had a weekend come by where we had four movies all make over $20 million, almost five. And we yep. talked about the fact that they were completely diverse. Totally. Different types of movies. I don't buy the idea that movie audiences won't go to see low budget horror anymore. Well, oh, no. They do. They, or that audiences won't go to see this. You were saying it yourself, you know, like you make great content, it'll find an audience. Yeah. And while maybe they will never make the kind of money that the Batman will make or that Iron Man will make or or whatever, sure, that's fine. There is still a market for it. Yeah. If you do it great and you do it well. And look, I think that some of his movies like Manhattan, which is a big, beautiful, widescreen, black and white movie, if it was if it came out today, reviewers would say you got to see this on a big screen. Same thing with Annie Hall. Yeah. Like if I, I I completely believe if Annie Hall were to come up today, updated, but if Annie Hall were to come up today, I I think it would have an audience. It would definitely have an audience in theater. I agree. And one of my favorite Woody Allen movies, uh Crimes and Misdemeanors, I don't think really I mean it would, because it's great, but I don't think people would clamor. It just depends what kind of the movie. You know, we live in t- it, 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 a movie also has to reflect the time in which it's made, you know? Or Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yeah. Put that out today and tell people, hey, Javier Bardem, Penelope Cruz, and Scarlett Johansson are going to have a threesome, everybody. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Tickets sold. <laughs> I, anyway. All right. That's actually a really good movie, too. I love that. And you know what? Here's a funny thing, and I'm freezing on her name right now. One of, I think it's Vicky in Vicky Cristina Barcelona, the one who's not in the threesome. It, the, she was in Iron Man 3. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's not Rebecca Hall. It is Rebecca Hall. It is Rebecca Hall. I fell in love with Rebecca Hall in that movie. No, everybody always talks about Javier Bardem, Penelope Cruz, Scarlett Johansson, because they're the ones who had the threesome. But Rebecca Hall, I fell in love with her in that movie. I love her. She she, she seemed like a person you could actually meet in real life. Absolutely, she does. All (laughs) right. What's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, happy Canada Day. If Leafs made the Stanley Cup, what would you be willing to pay or release, wink, wink, to get ice side tickets. Don't laugh. Hashtag At the beginning Maple of the playoffs this year, I really thought the Leafs had a chance of going to the Cup. And they should have gone to the Cup. They were up 3-2 to two against the Lightning, who ultimately did go to the Stanley Cup final. They should have won that series, and they would have gone to the final. But when the playoffs are starting, I had never felt better about the Leafs' chances in my lifetime. And I said, honey, just so you know, I'm we're going to, if they get to like the, the second or third round, we're probably going to have to have a conversation because I am going to be willing to spend an unspeakable amount of money to go to see it. Because, Mike, you guys got to understand, the Maple Leafs are my team, and they have not been to the Stanley Cup in my lifetime. And I, I'm not going to lie. Even though I totally can't afford it, it would be in the five figures. What Come I on! Spend. No, I really? Yeah. Upper five figures? Would I, you go? Would you go up to fifty? I think I would have been comfortable to go to Ann with up to maybe about eighteen thousand. Oh, still, dude. I well, you understand? That's a bucket list thing, though. Yeah, I know. Like this isn't just some average sports fan, and that my entire life that I have drawn breath on this earth. The Maple Leafs have never been to the Stanley Cup final. Right. Ever. It's it's been decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. It, it's been forever. My and this is I'm Canadian, dude. This is hockey. <laughs> John drops 18 grand and they lose. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine? which would have been fine, but they would have been yeah. in the Stanley Cup finals. I would have foregone any hobby, 
random indulgences for the next five years so I could say in my lifetime I was at a Toronto Maple Leaf Stanley Cup final game. Well, if we would have to do extra shows to get you there, I I, I will pledge to you right yeah, everybody now. Everybody would have been working overtime. I'll do the extra work. I would have opened up a GoFundMe. I would have done whatever. I would have paid whatever it would have taken. All right, what's next? Oh, Jesse Price says, Happy Canada Day, John, from Red Deer, Alberta. Oh, I love Red Deer. I've been through there like four or five times. It's be, like the whole area up there is absolutely gorgeous. So thank you so much for that. And happy Canada Day to you as well. All right, what's next? Uh, Stubble McShave says, Over or under 40%, Warner Brothers will spend over $50 million on marketing. They will spend over 50 Yeah, They're, They won't hit 100 yeah, they I, won't. They I won't spend agree. that much. They know that's going to be a little bit problematic and difficult. But I can definitely see them dropping fifty. Yep. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Brian Williams says, "Happy Friday! Thanks for all you guys do. Have a great weekend." Thank you, Brian. May you have a great weekend as well ahead of yourself, and happy Fourth Weekend to our American friends. And again, happy Canada Day to all of us Canadians. All right. What's next? Uh, My Comic Planet says, "Oh, saw Marcel the Shell, which we were talking about yesterday. Wasn't sure I'd like it." But John, it was incredible and emotional. I honestly had tears several times watching it, and the film is visually stunning. It's one of the best films of the year. Want to know something? I still haven't seen the trailer. I haven't. I either. still haven't seen the trailer. But man, Chris, she is always on about this movie. Yeah, and, I gotta and, watch it. And that Chris, and Chris Gore said yesterday <clears throat> that yeah. it was great too. He was one of one of his favorites. So I gotta line up a double feature. I gotta sit down and watch that, and I gotta watch. You do. Yeah. All right. What's next? Connor Dorian says, hello, John. I would like to recommend two Joe Hill TV adaptations, which are Nosferatu and Lock and Key. Uh, Both of those actually are pretty good. Lock and Key is a streaming series. I did not hear good things about Lock and Key. I liked it. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. And it went to a second season. I watched the first season. I haven't seen this. I don't know if they've made the second season yet. And Nosferatu, I thought was pretty cool. I I read that novel. So... Vampires and Cars. All right. What's next? <laughs> I'll tell you. Fredo Valco says, hey, guys, what's your guys' advice for feeling bummed out? I listen. For me, it's always a great movie. I mean, I, I'm not, I know that sounds really weird here, but it's either, a, a, first of all, a good bowl of ice cream. That's just me. And a good movie. Like, again, movies don't make your problems disappear. But when you allow your mind to just enjoy itself Think about that. Let your imagination fire with the movie. When you come out of a movie, you're just in a better place to deal with the problems that are still there. So for me, it's always a good movie. What about you? I rob banks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, but I like to watch movies about bank robberies when I'm bummed out. I so love. Do I. I, I love, love those. I love crime. I don't know why. I love crime movies. Heist movies, man. You know what movie I really like? That doesn't get enough credit. Spike Lee's Inside Man. Yes, that's that, very good. Actually, it's got a great. You know, Denzel's in it. Clive Owen is in it. Jodie Foster's in it. It's got this great ensemble cast. If you haven't seen Inside Man and you're feeling you're feeling bummed out, that's way, a good one. Where is Clive Owen these days? Why is he not in more stuff? I don't know, man. That's bumming, that's bumming me out. It's bumming right. me out. What's that's next? Pete Clive Owen's Inside Man. Uh, Fredo's back. Fredo, Fredo. I already said that. Well, there you go. How about this, Fredo? If you're bummed out, Fredo! Just Fredo! say it another time. Sugar Reese Review says, John, I must say that there is something about the characterization and overall personality that makes Soldier Boy slightly more unnerving and terrifying than Homelander. Yeah, I mean, there. first of all, it's difficult to make a character as interesting as Homelander. 
they do a great job because like I said, they make him all this vileness and all this kind of stuff. But every once in a while, they find a way to make you feel empathy for them. Right. And that's really neat. Soldier Boy, there's just like with on top of everything else with Homelander with Soldier Boy, you also have a fish out of water culturally idea. Right. And so I don't know that I find him more unnerving than Homelander, but he's definitely been a great addition to the show. Oh, yeah. And he's Jensen Ackles is killing it. Absolutely as killing his it. His voice, the the cadence, the way he speaks. I mean, I believe he's an ex-soldier. Yep. Even if he didn't really storm the beach at Normandy. <laughs> he's really good. All right. What's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, if I see Rob at Maestro, Maestro, at the, oh, Maestro at the movies, that's John Williams. I will take him up on that drink offer. Well, you might very well. I'll have to get those tickets. I love John Williams, but they're expensive. Dude, it's it's an yeah, annual thing that Ann and I do. Right <clears throat> what? Come on. Getting you don't tickets. actually have the tickets. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant getting the drink. They're available. You can get them. Uh, it's one of the things we do every year. It's just one of the best things you can do. And we're I think we're running out of opportunities to get it because he's got to retire soon. Yeah. He's going to retire soon. We've been saying that for five years. All right, what's next? Uh, My Comic Planet says, I saw the trailer for Ron Howard's 13 Lives with Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, and Joe Edgerton. It looks incredible. That's the rescue. Yeah, and we saw some footage for it at at CinemaCon about a year and a half ago. It does look phenomenal. The tension is high. The performances look great. I cannot wait to see this. What is this Uh, called? 13 Lives. You know what the thing about that trailer is, John? I never really had a grasp. I mean, I remember when that happened, and I understood what was going on, but I didn't realize how difficult it was to rescue those kids. And even the trailer makes you go, oh, oh my God. Yep. And it does a really good job. I really want to see that movie. Okay. It's about the rescue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. All right. What's next? Um. Heartless, wait, wait, hang on. Let me see this. Heartless set Tokabaya, Tokabaya on Instagram. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, what's your guys, uh, what I'm your guys opinion of the most underrated video game? Okay. What is, let me just paraphrase what you're saying here. What is your guys opinion on the most underrated video game that deserves an adaptation? No video game deserves an adaptation. I'll say that right now. Which one would I be very interested in? This is going to sound weird, but I replayed it recently. Mm. Day of the Tentacle. I think Day of the Tentacle, it's a time traveling, and I normally do not like I'd see the movie stuff. called Day of the Tentacle. I'd watch that. <laughs> I think I have seen that in Japan several <laughs> times. No. Um, oh. Day of the Tentacle. Um I I love that game from way back in the day. I love the remastering of it. It would make for a great time-traveling, mystery-solving comedy. And I think it would translate pretty fun and with some fun characters. And, uh, yeah, do you have a game do you think you like? You know, this is weird, but when I first got, when I got the first Xbox, there was a game called Panzer Dragoon Orta. Mm. I think we, we know somebody who came this close to getting a Panzer Dragon movie launched. Oh, really? I, I didn't know. I just, I love that video game. I mean, it was, it was hard. Peter Biggs? I mean, oh, maybe I kn- you don't know Peter. I don't know him, but I know who he is. Oh, okay. Well, I I, I know Peter, and I, I think he, I think he got very very close to actually getting that movie greenlit. Well, there you go. great minds think alike. Yeah. I just remember getting that game. It was a hard game to play, but it was beautiful. I love that game, and it was one of the very first games I got for the Xbox. Very cool. It was very. That was it. All right. What's next? Cool. 
Uh, William Bangs <laughs> says, Stranger Things 4 is great. And you're right about what you say. Releasing gradually is the way to go. They kept the conversation going. It built anticipation. It did everything they wanted it to do. Yeah. And and listen, it's not, it's not for no reason that they did it this way. We're seeing Netflix playing with this more and more. Yep. And I, that's why I still say, I think within three years, you're going to see them move to a weekly release schedule. I really do. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Uh, My Comic Planet says, Logan Paul signs WWE contract. Oh, boy, let the circus begin. How do you think this plays out, John? Well, look, it's it's real sports entertainment, but it's not real sports. I will say this. I saw him tag team with The Miz. He didn't perform badly. He's got the physique. He definitely has the on-camera persona. Right. And from an athletic ability point of view, he did not look out of place in a WWE ring. So I I don't have a lot of objections to it. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You can't hate on anybody that's making paper. You know what I mean? If they're making money, let, you know, good. Like, I don't think he was as good as Stephen Amell was in the ring, but I, I think he could succeed there. So we'll see. All right. What's next? Uh, Al Renshaw says, where do you guys think the second Bengal is? In Miss Marvel flashback scene with the Ten Rings connection, they say there are two Bengals. I would love to see the mom pop on the second Bengal and kick some ass. I don't recall there being two. Did I miss that? I no, thought there was two. They, I thought there yeah, was they, only one bangle. So oh, there are two. There, there are two ones missing. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I, you know, that part went right over my head. So I don't know where it could possibly be, but I'm sure it'll come into play. Here. I think it's going to, I think somebody has it. Mm. I don't think it's something that hasn't been discovered. Somebody it's somewhere. I wonder mm. if uh, Nani still has it. Maybe she only sent one. Yeah. I, I, can you imagine if she comes and kicks to ass? Kamala. Oh, my God. I would love, because I love that character. I uh, love the she's, grandmother. She's great. She's wonderful. She's great. All right. What's next? Uh, Milo says, box office pro is reporting that Thor is tracking for 155 million opening. Great number, but thought it would be higher. Maybe 180. 150 sounds just about right. Yeah. Sounds just about right. And, I, and I'll be honest. I won't be surprised if it exceeds that number. Again, it's not going to be 200. Now, hey, listen, I'd love it if it was. Hey, it depends. I mean, if people like it, it might make more. But that's, I mean, it's not, that's not a small number. No, that's a that's a big number. It would be great if it does. Uh, again, so I think that sounds right about in the right area. Yeah. All right, what's next? Logan Hoyne says, get a chance to see Dexter New Blood yet. Did you ever see the new Dexter? I season? did. I love Dexter. I love the first three episodes yeah. of the new Dexter. Not a fan with where it went after that. I, I look, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but it became very forgettable to me. Let, let's let's put it this way. Three years from now, when I think of Dexter, this season will not be a part of those thoughts. Right. I'm just gonna think of the original run. Yeah, yeah. So and not even all of the original run. And not well, you know what? I, I loved all the original Did run. you even I, the last season? I even loved I didn't right. I didn't love the finale. I didn't love the last episode, but I liked the season up until that episode. That makes sense. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so there's that. All right, what's next? The Lord Biswa says, has anyone else noticed how much Eddie Munson looks like Eddie Van Halen? Love you all. Bring it, on the filthy. There is some resemblance, especially the hair. Yeah, the hair. I mean, but, they clearly are being influenced by Eddie Van yeah, Halen. But I just see uh, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. 
That's all I see. All I see is Robert Downey Jr. Jr. It, it just in his mannerisms, in his appearance. Remember that part? What was it? It was Ultron. In Age of Ultron, we first see Tony giving that speech at MIT. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And they use the hologram of the younger him. Yeah. That's Eddie. That's I, I'm positive they got that halt that that de-aged hologram of Tony Stark. <laughs> And actually brought him into Stranger Things, and that's Eddie. That's funny. All right. What's next? <laughs> uh, Tacky75 says, Spider-Man 3 is a big step down compared to 1 and 2, but it reaffirmed that Toby is my favorite Peter. I formed a bond with him, unlike with Andrew and Tom. And that's the beautiful thing about the fact that we have these different Spider-Men, is that each one of them kind of endears themselves to us in different ways. For me, it's Andrew Garfield. Right. Like Andrew Garfield is like, and all of them bring something unique and different to the table. I love all three of those Spider-Men, but I really do think it was always Andrew for me and Spider-Man No Way Home kind of solidified for me that Andrew is my favorite one. But again, there's no wrong answer here. Like, it's right. going to like, which one of you, we got Tom doing a great job. Now we had Andrew, Toby, who's kind of your Spider-Man. Here's the thing. I really like Tom Holland's portrayal of Spider-Man, but I don't think he's, been given the ultimate spider-man movie yet right and i like the first half of the first spider-man with toby Maguire. so but i but he was always a little too old for me Mm -hmm. to buy into as peter parker Mm -hmm. whereas i think i totally bought tom holland as a high school kid yeah but i will say this in no way home i loved toby i love his sort of elder statesman he's grown into his role the cool youth pastor yeah, the cool youth pastor. That's exactly what I, I liked him. I liked the vibe that he gave off. I listen. I could watch a whole movie. I thought the dynamic between the three of them oh, was fantastic. I hope they make a sequel with the three of them. Yeah, I don't think they are. I know, but it would be cool. I, mean, I cool. think I think uh, Tom Holland's run as the Spider-Man we all know is only just beginning now. Is my opinion. I don't think you're wrong. I really don't. Uh, and and this community should see where they go. Anyway, we yeah. still have more questions to get to. Yeah. What's next? Uh. Main Man Cam says, I knew Gina Carano would come back eventually, but in this fashion, Daily Wire's promotion for her new Western was Disney canceled her and Hollywood forgot about her. Yeah, it's funny because Chris and I had a bit of a discussion about the new film. Listen, I have been a fan of Gina Carano longer than any of you. All right. Because I was a fan of her since she was crush. (laughs) and I especially became a huge fan when she got into MMA. And like one of my highlights, sporting event highlights, was when her and Cyborg had their fight. And Gina gave, at that time, Gina gave Cyborg a better run for her money than anybody else had given Cyborg. So uh, Cyborg won that fight. But I mean, she had given Cyborg a really good run for her money in a way that I hadn't seen a lot of other people. I... Then she got that Soderbergh film where they had to overdub her voice. Yeah, Haywire. Yeah, which I like the movie but in general. But she looked great in that oh, film. Oh, she, she looked great in that film. And then, obviously, I, I, I like her being in Deadpool. A strong thespian she is not. Right. Now, I liked her in Mandalorian. I did too. Like, I liked the character. She was really good. And the character was in such a way that, much like Dave Batista playing Drax, you play that character in such a way that highlights the strengths she brings, but you hide the weaknesses. Yeah. I've seen she's still not a great actress. No. She's not. Um, But I have heard rumors, I've heard reports 
that she may come back and fight for a long time the greatest female combat artist of all time. Um, why am I freezing on Amanda Nunez? No, 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 no. Before Amanda. Before Amanda, the the, the biggest one ever. Ronda. Ronda. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Well, wow. I've heard they're trying to put together a fight between Gina Carano and Ronda Rousey. I watch that. I would pay not eighteen thousand dollars. <laughs> Ooh, I would that, pay a lot of money to watch that. That one's fight. a tough call, too, because I was about to say Gina gets it, but Ronda still can. Ronda's still freaking Ronda. that man. judo stuff. Yeah. And who knows if it's uh, Gina's uh, wrestling game is Gina would, Gina would have to. This is not a body thing. Gina would have to drop a bunch of weight, too, because they're going to have to fight in the same weight class. Right. And Ronda is definitely lighter. So there, so that would have to happen, but I would be down for that. Although I have to say, she's been on this. I've seen clips of her on this press tour for this movie. She looks like she's dropped a lot of weight. She looks great. Yeah, so her and, and Ronda would just have to get in the same weight class. I would love to see that fight. I yeah. really, really, I think that would be so fun to see. All right, what's next? Uh, Mark Nedow says, Warner Brothers is no Vought. <laughs> no. That's Clearly. true. Have you seen that meme? You know that the new CEO, Vought, Ashley? There's this meme going around of Ashley, like, looking at her phone, like, ah, like this terrified look on her face. And it says, PR people at Warner Brothers every time Ezra Miller's in the news. <laughs> it's, like, ah. it's a great meme. I love that. All right, what's next? Uh, Marla Jehovah says, I can't be a crew. Happy Friday. Why do you think it's so hard to give us new thrilling stories for Star Wars and Star Trek? Bring on the filthy. Um, well, it is really hard to bring any thrilling movie. Uh, that, that's the thing. We as film fans fall into this trap all the time that we think making a good movie is easy. It ain't. It's hard. And some would say nearly impossible because if everybody could do it, everybody would do it. And I would argue we have gotten some great thrilling Star Wars and some great thrilling Star Trek. I mean, not on the level of consistency that we would like to see for sure. But I mean, it's there. But again, it's just you got to keep in mind, it is very, very hard to make anything truly great. You know, Chris Gore was saying something <laughs> yesterday that, that I thought was really true. When George Lucas made Star Wars, he was influenced by everything from Flash Gordon serials to Kurosawa samurai movies like The Hidden Fortress and things like that. There was a lot of other things outside because there was no other Star Wars. And now a lot of Star Wars is influenced by itself. Yeah. Whereas it's, I think Star Wars is influenced by Star Wars. Yeah, it's influenced by Star Wars when people need to start looking. I think the great storytellers, there's a lot of great Star Wars to be told, but I think people have to look out to those classic stories and more Joseph Campbell and be inspired to bring those outside influences back to Star Wars the way Lucas did when he started it. All right. What's next? Uh, Zach Taylor says, glad I didn't waste my time waking up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we would imagine that if you either stayed up till 3 a.m. or woke up at 3 a.m. and then for 10 minutes you're like, load, 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 and it wouldn't load. That would have been infuriating. The thing was, look, if Stranger Things had been half-hour episodes, I would have stayed up and watched it, but it's four hours of content, so yeah. that, was, that was a no-go. That's why Ann and I are going to bunker down and watch that tonight. Okay, if you really want to watch something, what is, what is your time frame before you get frustrated and give up when you're trying to load a show? Do you, do you give it two minutes, I remember five with, minutes? I remember with WandaVision. Because that was I, the worst. I think, yeah, that was the worst, and I think for me, well, Mandalorian had a couple of bad ones, too. Yeah. Or Mandalorian Season 2 had a couple of bad ones. But WandaVision was probably the worst. And I remember the longest one for me was about 20. Were you and ready to just put a gun I, I in your mouth and pull the trigger? Bed. I was just ready to go to bed. <laughs> that is, there's nothing more frustrating. I honestly think I was like two minutes away from just saying F it and going to bed. saying, why did I stay up till 1220? I got to be up at 5 a.m. Blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but fortunately, like 20 seconds after that, it did kick in. But 20 minutes is your, pretty, your limit. Look, if it was 8 o'clock, 
I would I would give it more leeway. <laughs> right. But when you gotta get up at five and it's already past midnight and the show hasn't even started, you can't even get the show to start, then that window shrinks. So I'd say around the twenty. <laughs> the thing is at eight o'clock you got other things you can do. But when you're sitting there in bed at twelve yeah. o'clock, it's like <laughs> You've got other things you could be doing, but it's not costing you anything. Right. Right? That's right. It doesn't cost you anything to stay up for another ten minutes on yeah, top yeah. of that, right? Like go heat up another hot pocket or whatever. <laughs> But when you got to get up at five and you were already up at five that day yeah, and it's now 1220 in the morning and like every minute that's passing is a ticking clock off the amount of sleep you're getting because right. at 1220, I'm already only getting four hours and 40 minutes of sleep. Once another minute passes, that's four hours and 39 minutes of sleep I'm getting. So it becomes a little bit more dire at that point. I agree. Especially if these guys like for us, it's midnight. For them, it's 3 a.m. So that makes it even worse. All right, what's next? <laughs> um, Mark Nadal says, happy Canada Day, Ed John. Uh, a happy Canada Day to all my fellow expats everywhere around the world. Truly a great day for Canada and therefore the world. How old right. is Canada this year? Oh, I couldn't tell you. That's a good question. Yeah, I wonder how old it is. Justin G says, hey, John and crew, love the show. Glass Onion is going to be premiering at TIFF. 2022 yep. how excited are you for the movie can't wait to see it for those who don't know that is the new knives out movie uh, it's a uh, the glass onion a knives out mystery, mystery or something yeah. like that it's ridiculous how excited i am for this i mean like not on the same level as a batman or as right. a, a new avengers movie but um i loved knives out i, I loved that movie so much and so with this brand new cast uh, i i Man, there's not many more movies that I'm more excited about coming out this year than that one. It's definitely probably in my top three or four for the remainder of the year. For what sure. about you? I really want to see it. I love the first Knives Out, you know, and, and again, it was just a lot of fun. Yep. It was a great, fun movie to watch. All right, what's really next? Really good. Canada is 155. Canada is 155. The, my, light, the UFC lightweight limit, 155. Wow. All right, what's next? Uh, my Comic Planet says, so Netflix subs are more likely to ditch Netflix in the first month compared to the subs of any of its streaming competitors. If they promoted their own content, that alone might help in keeping subs. I'd have to see those analytics. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because, again, the shows all drop it at once, it encourages... Sign up for one month, watch it all in just a maybe a week or two, and cancel. Yep. Right. That so from a business point of view, that becomes another advantage if you're another streamer. That hey, if you want to watch WandaVision, you gotta. I mean, and while it's coming out and while it's airing, at minimum you gotta be signed up for is a couple of months, maybe more so. And yeah, that just becomes another advantage. That's a good observation, man. Absolutely. All right, what's next? Uh, Jonathan uh, Vagoa says. I don't know if you saw the newest Ezra article on Deadline, but the good thing that came out of it is that Ezra might make a statement on it soon. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. And if they do, I'm half expecting it to be, you'll never find me. I'm in another universe. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. It's just at this point. <laughs> space cash. Space Hand over the space cash. I'm going to make an NFT out of this. <laughs> at this point, I don't even know if, you get Ezra to make a statement now. I think at this point, you just get Ezra to shut up and put themselves under house arrest. Just voluntarily put themselves in house arrest, shut the door, close the blinds, keep your mouth shut for the next year, and then come to the premiere of the movie. And, and, like, and that might be just be the best thing at this point. I don't know. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Gavin 
Hillick says CGI a uh, oh CGI a tash on Ezra Miller's face. Say it's someone else. It's uh, Mesra Iller, everybody. The new star of The Flash. We know how that Mesra works. Mesra Iller. And it doesn't work very well. It might work okay here. <laughs> All right. What's next? Uh, Undecided says, I've been rewatching the MCU in chronological order, including the TV shows, One Shots, and Sony Spider-Man films. I'm currently up to Civil War. That's the thing about the MCU and how rapidly new content is coming out is that that endeavor, because I used to do that once in a while. Once in a while, I would do a, we're not going to do an MCU binge. That ain't so practical anymore <laughs> to do. It's getting harder and harder to do that. I mean, it's three days just to watch the movies if you watch them 24 hours a day yep. almost. Yep. It's crazy. That's All right. nuts. What's next? Uh, WraithX7 said maybe Pixar should have remade the Buzz movie from 20 years ago or the Buzz TV series. <clears throat> There was a Buzz TV. Was, I think oh, there was that's a Buzz right. Tim the, Allen. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But there was that animated. Chris keeps bringing that up, and I always, I, I've never seen it. Pa- Patrick Warburton did the voice, apparently of Buzz. Oh, in that series. Okay. But they did do, they did do an, didn't they do an animated Buzz Lightyear movie itself, like like a direct video animated? I film? don't recall. I yeah, don't I, so. I don't pay attention. To that stuff. you might be right though. I don't know. All right, what's next? Uh, Joel Rolston says, "So, John, any secrets about this Jason Siegel rumor as the Thing cameoing for She-Hulk?" No, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I, I just don't see Jason Siegel. I mean, look, I'm not no insider information here. Okay, it could very well be. Could very well be. I just don't see Jason Siegel as a Ben Grimm. But yeah, I don't either. Like, that's just, Jason's, I love Jason Me Siegel. too. Love that guy. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But I don't see him as Ben Grimm in any way, shape, or form. So I'm going to say I don't buy it, but hey, let's see what happens. Although, you know what? In I Love You Man, I could kind of see his character in I Love You Man being a Ben Grimm-esque kind of character. Maybe. Man, I, to me, that's even more opposite than him and Sarah Marshall. <laughs> I don't. Uh, well, it's just. I think when he's walking his dog on the beach, you know, and he's kind of a. He's yeah, but as soon as somebody yells back at him, he turns around and ran. So I, yeah. I, I don't know. There By is, the way, there is that. If you guys haven't seen, I love you, man. It's one of Anne's like top three favorite comics. I of all love time. it it's so much. Fantastic. Too. Slapping the bass. <laughs> uh, broccoli says prefer Hawkeye or Obi Wan. Obi Wan. I mean, I, I'm I'm disappointed with both of them. I don't yeah. hate either of them, but I got a little bit more out of Obi-Wan. Uh, me too. I have to say, I was a little disappointed in Hawkeye too. Especially with that last fight scene. Like that fight scene was one of the best things I've ever seen in Star Wars. All right, what's next? Uh, James Argenta says, the Diggle from Superman and Lois is the Nick Fury of their universe. The showrunner said this Diggle also interacted with a version of Oliver Queen. Again, cool. As as long as I hear it's not the same Superman that they that they jobbed in uh, Supergirl, then I'm all for it. Yeah. So that's fine with me. That sounds good. All right. What's next? Blue Rock says, did you see the new teaser for the new Frasier? He's gone psycho. Is it real? OK, I've seen this. It's a fan film. I ha- it's a fan film. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing a new Frasier TV show. But I know is, they're doing a new TV show. But this is like a fan film. It's oh. not real. Oh, I I, I thought it was great. And I'm like, is this real? I'm like, come on, this can't. It's like a fan film. Okay, now I get really got to see it because I like the original Frasier. It, it, they, you just got to, if if you like the Frasier, you'll love this. Watch it. It's only like three minutes long. All right, I'll, I'll you watch. You got to watch. But I, I was watching, going, is this the new Frasier? This is crazy. It's really well done. All right, I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, it's All really right, well. Rob's like, Rob like throws out his newspaper. This is crazy. <laughs> 
Is this it the new kind of like <laughs> What is this? Uh oh. Okay. Heartless. <laughs> Heartless set Toki Oh. Toki Kaiba? I can't. I, why? Just move That's on. A, on Instagram. It says, can't be a crew. It's minion time one manillion. It's minion time one manillion. I have no idea what that means. I don't either, but maybe minions is making a lot of money yeah, at the box one office. Million. One million for one million dollars. I got a feeling Minions, the Rise of Guru, will make more than one million dollars. Yes. But yeah, but uh, by the way, I don't think this one looks great. I haven't loved the trailers for it. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, I have loved the Despicable Me franchise up until Despicable Me 3 or whichever one it was where he meets his twin brother. I didn't like that one, but I've loved everything else. So we'll see how I feel about it. All right. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Daniel Hinojosa says... Who who do you guys think is the best working hit and miss director? Someone who may have an okay batting average, but a high slugging percentage. I, I, I listen. Mm. I don't know. You can't just hit us with that. Like I would have to sit down and really yeah. think about that and come up with the list. Yeah. Who's the best hit and miss director? I mean, it's an interesting question. I I I can't I can't do that off the top of my head. Look, look at Ray. Mm. <laughs> like ignoring. Yeah, it's hard. That's like you just said. I couldn't. I'd have to sit down with it and open up a. Open up the IMDb and like look. Yeah, you'd have to give us like a list of five or six names to pick from, but yeah. I, so I can't say that off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ray just said Shane Black or maybe the guy that directed a District. Uh... But Charlie, see, uh, oh, no, that's but see, no, that's I would I wouldn't Neil call Blomkamp. I wouldn't call Neil Blomkamp hit or miss because he's only had one good one. Oh, yeah. Right. I wouldn't call Shane Black hit or miss because he's only had one I didn't like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I In mean, it's it, it all depends on how you define. It. All right, what's next? M Night. M Night, you can call that's him. A, yeah, that, that, there's there a good answer. Him. That's all. Okay. That was a group answer. M Night, but I don't know that I call him the best hitter, Mister. Right. But he, that's a good example. It's of a good example. Yes. All right, we need to move on here. Run out. Hershey's Kiss says Red Notice two and three is coming. Is it? Red Notice. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I definitely. <laughs> I knew they were doing Red Notice two. Are they spending two hundred million on each more each one? <laughs> yeah, I knew six hundred million dollar franchise. Yeah, I knew they were doing Red Notice two. Um. And all, all due respect to our beloved Canadian kid, Ryan Reynolds, I have no interest. Got to get paid. Are though. they uh, even still involved in these sequels? Yes. I'm sure they because are. Because it would be funny <laughs> if it was like just a downgrade each movie of the actors. <laughs> all right. What's next? Uh, Alex Mata says, hyped to get the Mjolnir popcorn bucket from AMC. Yeah, I got it. I'm definitely good. Anne and I are definitely getting that. Yeah. We're 100% what, getting that. Is that, that just like for opening weekend or what's the deal? I don't know. Then, mm-hmm. then they run no, out they, of those things, but they're cool. They run out pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Jamin Carter says, other YouTubers trying to replicate the John Campia show. Campia did this show in a cave with a box of scraps. You know what's funny? <laughs> All right. Are we the scraps? No. <laughs> no, not anymore. Um, it's, it's funny that when I started this format, there were a lot of people that jumped on and tried to do it. By the way, everybody's doing out-of-theater reviews now. Like I, I went on, so it's like all these people doing out of theater reviews now. Whatever, that's fine. It's it's all good. It's all good. Imitation is a serious form of flattery, John. And hey, listen, I made this format based on Sports Center, right? So I, I mean, I can't claim originality to it, but it is funny that I was talking to a, a friend of ours um, that we went down this list of all these other organization companies that started doing movie talk clone shows, and none of them still exist. Right, none of them still exist. So I, I, there's there's something oh, a little bit gratifying. We got about breaking that. news. Uh oh, what's that? Uh, Jay Master says the terminal hit Netflix today. 
Yeah, well, Chris, Chris, um, no, Didn't, but I just wanted to announce it again. Oh, okay, I was going to say, Chris Carr sent you a message about <laughs> yeah, that the other day. Yeah, but it's good. It's a good announcement to repeat. Are you going to watch over. it every day now? No, it wasn't Stranger Things Season 4 that crashed Netflix. Yeah. It was the terminal hitting Netflix. That's what I was really trying to get out of you. And now you admit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Christian Hernandez says Comic-Con is selling five badges on eBay. Let's go. Only five times. For all mankind. Price. It's for all mankind. We have That's to do what it, it is. For all, man. all right. What's next? I'm going. Faisal says, do you think that Mrs. Marvel deserves the hate? No. What hate? What? There's a lot of online hate toward Mrs. Oh, yeah, but here, Marvel. There's a, there's a bunch of fucking losers that were hating the show before it ever came out. And none now, of you probably, watch the show. And none of them probably even knew the character before the no, show No, no, they didn't. They, they, don't, they, they don't know fucking They didn't care thing. about this character. I, I would say if you watch... Miss Marvel, and you still hate it. I don't believe you. It, well, well, no. Here's the thing. Look, it, it's all subjective, right? I, I yeah. have no issue with somebody who sits down with with a, an open mind, watches the show, and goes, "This isn't for me." Right. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. But we all know and can easily identify the people were who were hating on it and kept, before they saw one frame of it. So you lose any <laughs> credibility. But but there are but that does not take away. Make no mistake about this. That doesn't take away from the reality that all entertainment hits us differently. And there can be a lot of very honest people who just sat down and watched Miss Marvel. It doesn't work for them. Like for me, um, look at something like um, Blade Runner. Right? Blade Runner is an all-time classic, celebrated sci-fi film. But I would be lying to you if I told you it worked for me. It didn't work for me. Right. Right. And that's just it. I'm not a Blade Runner hater. I just honestly sat down and watched it. And I do believe there are absolutely people like that with Ms. Marvel. But I love. I personally love it. I think it's one of the best things they've ever done. But there's a lot of people who just legitimately I, probably don't. I, I agree. I, I mean, the thing about Ms. Marvel is if you if you don't like a show about a teenage girl and you don't relate to it, that's not for you. But I think you can still then also recognize that it's a good show that's well made. Might not be your cup of tea, but. I, I, it's still possible to go, that's a really well-made show. I've said on the show, like, after the first episode, I said, this may not be for me. And, like, the novelty will probably wear off with me. But now I'm back in after watching the last episode. So, yeah, you know what? Just keep an open mind. Um, rewatch things if you're not sure. And then, you know, make a decision about but, it. But, you know, I think there are things about that show that are demonstrably unique like the whole family relationship is something i wasn't expecting and i think yeah, it's I a really that. i think it's a really delightful aspect but it doesn't of work show. for everybody I yeah mean, right i mean it yeah. works for me yeah i like it right but it's like same thing with hawkeye like i'm not a hawkeye hater i love jeremy uh uh renner, uh, renner. i love jeremy renner i love hawkeye in the mcu i am not a hawkeye hater but i sat down i gave hawkeye a legitimate chance and it just Ended up disappointing me. The Didn't story was all over the place. Right, but that doesn't take away from the fact that other people did like it, and that's yeah. great. So, yeah, it is what it is. All right, what's next? Uh, Hershey's Kiss says the Flash would probably make more money in international <laughs> markets than in the USA. I don't know how true that is. I, I don't know that I agree with that. Because which markets? I mean, they ain't going to play yeah. in China. There's no way they're playing an Ezra Miller movie in China. Um. Probably not Russia. Pro so what are the bigger markets that's left after that? So I'm, I'm not really sure. It would mm. be nice. I hope it does, though. I really do hope it does. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure I'm on board, though. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it makes more. It depends where it's going to play. But I do think it'll do well foreign. 
You know, I don't know if it's going to make more money than it would make domestically in a foreign market, but I think it'll do well. The thing is, if you're not opening in China, there's not a lot of foreign markets left that are bigger than the U.S., a single market. Yeah, or comes even are close to the U.S. including multiverse numbers, too? Multiverse yeah. numbers. Yeah, Slash that. is the biggest movie in the multiverse. In right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh... Uh, Joe Jorge Ogre Jorge Ogre 86 says please tell me the end credits in Thor are worth it nothing worse than sitting through eight minutes of credits for an absolute waste of time a la multiverse of madness (laughs) I will say this the mid credit scene is the better one but the end credit scene is pretty good but the mid credit scene is I love the mid credit uh, scene let's put it this way if you really had to go to a restroom would you go to the restroom or wait for that end credit scene? Go to the restroom. Okay. Well, that's yeah. it. And then come back because it's like six <laughs> minutes. You got like six minutes. So. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Wesley Namila says, hello, John and crew. Are you excited for Bray Wyatt making movies in Hollywood? He is a genius. Check out Firefly Funhouse on YouTube. No, nah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very gifted wrestler, not a very, really great performer. Um, so uh, not really all that interested to be his, honest. Uh, all right. his, his ideas to me might be good, but it, as in like taking the helm of a whole movie, yeah, that's not that, going to happen. Being that kind of form, different thing. Yeah, not excited for that at all. His input would might, might be useful. I, I doubt know. it. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, Cedius Swift says, maybe someone can help me. I remember watching a movie when I was little where the male protagonist meets a lizard woman in a cave. Was it a dream or an actual movie? It was not filthy rated. Lair of the White Worm? I don't recall. That's a Ken Russell movie? Maybe. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but listen, man, there's so many movies out there with so many wacky scenes. I wouldn't doubt if it was an actual real thing, man. Keep looking for it, though. All right, what's next? Uh, Louis Enrique de la Pena says, if Ezra's case gets worse, do you see Warner Brothers moving up the Flash's theatrical release maybe this year? No, I think they want to get it in a summer. They want that movie in a summer movie season. The longer they go, the more problematic it would get to try to move it up because then you get into more crowded territory. So they'll probably leave it right where it is. All right, what's next? Uh, Louis Enrique de la Pena goes on to say, which announcement do you think either Marvel or DC would make at San Diego Comic-Con? No idea. I think it's more about showing us some stuff from properties that we already know are coming. Maybe a trailer for a Black Panther, maybe something from uh, you know a Black Adam and things like that. I think it's going to be more about that than it's going to be about a new announcements. All right, what's next? Uh, Blake62 says, I love that Obi-Wan ended with him going off to learn from the only Force user in the galaxy that can't survive a lightsaber stab. <laughs> yeah, everybody else in Obi-Wan gets stabbed with lightsabers. You're fine. You're fine. Get back up. Walk it off. It's all good. All right. It cauterizes the wound. Ah, there you go. Well, not, not for him, though. Not for him. That's <laughs> next. Oh, baby. Uh, Louis Enrique de la Pena says, if you had to pick which one unexpected announcement or introduction either Marvel or DC will make. I, no, again, I don't really think they are. I think, I think it's going to be more about presenting things that are already on the docket. I don't think it's going to be about new announcements at this time. I agree. All right. What's next? Um, Blake? Blake 62 says, here's hoping Soldier Boy makes it to season four. I, I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know if, if I want that. Like, if you can write a great ending to him, like, I, again, I, I don't want to speculate about the final episode because that might give something away about the episode we saw last night. But I could see several ways that Soldier Boy could die in the next episode that would be very narratively satisfying. So 
but I, I mean, listen, but by all means, if you come up with a great way that would segue him, segue him into the next season, I'm all for that too. Yep. I, I, I hope he survives. I'd like to see at least one more season with him. I thought I heard Jensen Ackles only signed up for one season, Oh, but I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong. They are going to start shooting the new season soon. So who knows? And is that it? That's all. Ray, wow. you got anything else from our no. members? All right, guys. In that case, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show. Thank you so much for being here and making the show part of your day. Just a reminder, at 3 p.m. Los Angeles time, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are going to be doing a The Boys open spoiler discussion for Episode 7. Make sure you guys, if you've seen the new episode and you got a couple hours now to go back and get caught up on it, Come on back and let's talk all about it. And don't forget the John Campion Show returns again on Monday. It is July the 4th, so the rest of the crew won't be here, but I'm going to do a John Campion Show solo to make sure you guys get your fix for that day. Big thank you to all of you guys for tuning in and watching the show, especially those of you who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about, but number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the show, thank you guys so much for your support. I want to thank all the people in the room with me. We got Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Ray Aura. And we got running the show producer Jonathan Voico. My name's John Campy, everybody. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.